0: records podcast where we talk about you and some of your favorite music new episodes come out thursdays follow the podcast on uh, twitter instagram youtube um, badass records podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to do an in-person episode with me it's badass records podcast at gmail.com if you hit the site badass records podcast.com make sure you click on the merch tab um, and you can find everything from stainless steel tumblers to coffee mugs to uh, beanies, uh, baseball caps, long sleeve tees, short sleeve tees, hoodies, stickers, um, and an assortment of uh, custom tees that we have had made. So, appreciate you stopping by. Hope you enjoy the show. What we say? Uh so seventy-nine episode seventy-nine, Badass Records Podcast. The twenty-two year old Dane Bridges in the house. Um, and we connected because you're a member of Chowk, correct? Mm-hmm. Playing playing bass yes. with Jason Bice mm-hmm. and Zach Hodson. Zach Hodson on drums. Right. Is that that's right. Yes. Right? Okay. Cool. Uh well I appreciate you being here. Um yeah, absolutely. Um let's see so where are the spots for folks to learn about chowk? uh keeping the band camp obviously mm-hmm. Some what what are the socials and ways to be in the know
1: yeah so we um i think we promote the most on our instagram page okay um, on that Instagram page, I'm pretty sure it's it's either dot Band or Chowk Underscore Band.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and if you find it, there's a, a link tree in the bio. Um, if you hit that, it'll give you the lowdown on all of our cool. All of our and socials. it's
0: C H O W K. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. And yep. Jason told me uh, the meaning, and it was very cool, but I mm-hmm. forgot already.
1: Yeah. So it's um it's a, a Hindi term. Yes. Um for um, means a handful of things, but the crossing of paths, crossing, awesome, awesome. also roundabout, also marketplace. So a handful okay. of things. Yeah, but yeah, it was uh, something that came up in conversation. I think uh, Jason had mentioned that he was like he was originally thinking about like chalk, like a yeah. uh-huh. like Jayhawk uh-huh. kind of thing. Yeah. And um, and then he was, he was like, what if I switch some letters around? And Funny. the A got switched out for an O, and he was like, oh, that actually means something. <laughs> and it just so happened to sort of connect with how we came together initially. Yeah, which initially. was... Initially, um, which, uh, yeah, we met at um, a show at Manor Records. Where's um, that? Which is no longer around, Okay, uh, unfortunately. Um, but it was... Um, Manor Records is a non-profit... Uh, organization. They do all kinds of things, like uh, I think they do fundraisers. They had they, but it was a record store, essentially. Okay. Um, like slash coffee shop as nice.
0: well. Nice. Where?
1: Um, and man, that whole area. I don't go there a lot, but I want to say say more west of Kansas City. I could be totally wrong. Not w- okay. not Westport though. Um, right. But in that sort of interesting okay I remember it being about 45 minutes from Grain Valley if that's anything to sure sure um but it was it was a cool spot it would it just wasn't in a very good hub like you didn't see a lot of people passing through right I think that may have been one possible issue for them is um they you know also being a non-profit you have to find interesting ways to make to have revenue yeah to, to keep afloat and um, they couldn't keep the brick-and-mortar thing going. But mm. they're, they're still going strong as a company, though. Oh. Um, and they, they do, like, studio sessions um, every now and then. They do a lot of work to boost artists' presence. Cool. City. And so... Um, Manor uh,
0: Records. Uh, Manor Records. M-A-N-O-R.
1: Is, uh, uh, M-A-N-O-R, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, that's, that's cool. And you, so you were going there to see who?
1: So I was playing there with um, my other band, Major Matt Mason, major
0: uh, Matt Mason that feels and, uh, a little bit familiar yeah
1: major Matt Mason USA it's um, a project of Matthew Roth okay um, and he he's originally out of New York um, and he came out of the um, what's called the anti-folk scene out there and okay it, it's a very uh, niche genre yeah. of, of like I have no idea how to talk about it it, it it's almost, like, satirical, but semi, like, poetic, like, folk music. Okay. You know? It's not... I was going to say something like anti-establishment, but it's not really like that. It's... there. You might come across some songs that are, like... Okay. You know, against certain things, but it's a lot of, like, really uh, unique use of, like, storytelling and rhymes, and... Um, huh. It's just very... It's very... Uh, pleasing to listen to. Okay. I find. Um, but there's tons of different iterations of it though. I have no idea if Matt's iteration is the, is the all encompassing okay. feel or if that's just one thing, but that's where he started, um, in the early mid nineties or so. And, um, he was, he was doing really well up there. And I forget when he moved to KC, I want to say between 2011 and 2015. Okay. Um,
0: so you're playing and, bass in this um, whatever iteration mm-hmm, at yeah. Manor Records when they have a brick and mortar. Yep. Jason's there to see yep. you, your your show, your set,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he was he was also an opener. Um, oh, nice! So he, was he solo? He played yeah by himself with uh, just uh, electric guitar and vocals. Okay. Um, and I really resonated with his songwriting. Um, really, I, I felt that. You know, we didn't know each other at all. Yeah, Matt had mentioned that they knew each other somewhat. Um, and But I'm in the audience, like, way far back, just listening, and it's a very wholesome environment. Everybody is deeply invested in the music going on, and you can tell because they're so quiet. Like, oh, right, wow. w- right when the music starts, the lights go dim, and everybody's just like...
0: How many like, folks are we talking, do you think?
1: I'd say 30, 50 Okay, okay. Um,
0: and did you wind up chatting after his set?
1: Yeah, I, I approached them. Uh, I just told him I really liked his set. Cool. It was, it was pretty touching because uh, I love any sort of songwriting that involves storytelling. Yeah, a- any, absolutely. Anything where I'm I'm listening to it, if it takes me to a place, mm-hmm. or if it makes me want to be in a place, yeah, then that's immediately a win. <laughs> and so
0: uh, and and. and uh, I'm assuming he was, you know, received your compliment warmly mm-hmm. and, uh, and eventually you guys connected and, yeah, and then how did, uh, how did the third piece come in? Um,
1: it was a little bit after I had gotten with Jason. Um, Jason texted me one day. He was like, he was like, it's okay if you're busy, but, um, I wanted to connect and see if you wanted to help me with some base stuff for some of the some new songs I'm writing. Um, and I, one thing sort of for context of how the project kind of came to fruition to begin with is I get the, I get the idea that Jason was approached by a lot of people throughout his solo sets. A lot of people who were saying you need a band. <laughs> <Okay>. Um, <laughs> As a compliment, it, some yeah. sometimes uh, I think for some venues it may have been like a dude. If you want to come back, you need a band or something like that. Oh. That happened maybe a couple times, but it okay. was mostly it was more just your stuff is so good. Think about how much better it could sure. be.
0: But it's all that's also um, I mean, hopefully the venue and the, you know whoever's booking like knows how things work. Sure, but that's yeah. uh, you know that, that's a different kind of. Uh, emotionally plugged in uh, space to be in as a show goer, as an audience member when it's one person and mm-hmm. their guitar and the, mi- the microphone. I mean, it's not like a band is up. It's just, I don't know why it's different, but it's, it's just more intimate. Yeah. 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 Just... I, I have, that was the same word
1: I was going to use. Okay. You feel a little bit, it's a very direct when it's one yeah. person, you know, and yeah. you've got one thing to focus on, yeah. you know, um, pros and cons to each approach, you know, of and, course. um, and I think it was, like, people, I so many people loved this set. Like, I heard compliments all across the board, but there were the handful of people that were just, and me included, I was back there sort of pondering. I was like, I wonder what drums would sound like mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, maybe a certain passage through a song, I'm just like, I'm hearing a harmony that's not there. You know, nice. something like that. And maybe that was me already trying to, like creatively get involved with them subconsciously (laughs) right Um, right but uh but yeah it just just happens that you know the the paths crossed yeah again so
0: so he hits you up and says you want to help me with some bass stuff yeah and um
1: it was uh uh he he's out in lawrence yeah um, yeah so um, a drive for for me from Grain Valley, but I didn't mind at all because for Major Matt Mason, I already drive about forty five minutes. Okay. Um, and so for, um, for Lawrence, it's about an hour flat. So sure. Not too bad. Um, and so I get there first time, and he just kind of he shows me. At, Maybe six or seven songs, some of which he played at Manor that I was somewhat familiar with, uh-huh. some of which were totally new to me. And, and it's just um,
0: the two of you? Just the two he's of us. playing and, and you're listening.
1: Yep. And and he gives me a pen and paper and he's like, let me know if you need this, you know, and I just watched him play and I'm just taking in the structure.
0: He, okay. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Um,
1: and writing down chords and measures and like how long wow. he's playing everything. By the end of the night, I had at least a rough chart of every song. Um, awesome and so then i could go home and i can set a tempo you know and then play my bass along with it so, you know without drums it sounded somewhat rough trying to get things to mesh sure because you don't really have any sense of rhythm it's like once. a backbone
0: yeah. if we if we didn't have spines <laughs> yeah. you know, just, Absolutely. It, just jelly yeah. yeah
1: um yeah and so it was really fun um, I came up with some ideas on the spot that he really enjoyed, and it was enough for him to want me back another time and so I would say we met at his house maybe about four or five times Now, all
0: of this is like this calendar year, right? I mean, it's er- yeah, like mm-hmm. still really fresh, yeah, totally fresh. so you you guys hook up uh and and then eventually drum piece comes in. and how did that happen?
1: um we were we were tapping into a lot of drummers from the get-go um just uh putting posts out on our instagram and facebook both our our personal pages and also the newly started band page just like hey we're open to a drummer someone who is someone who's open to playing both like softer stuff and harder stuff you know someone who's a bit versatile in the dynamics department yeah um and so uh i don't I know we had a – where were a couple people we were emailing with. It was mainly Jason that was handling the emails for sure. the most part. But I think it was uh, – um, I forget if it was Zach who reached out to us or Jason who reached out to him. I'm not sure. But he was interested okay. in, in starting with us. And so we got a practice together um, at his house shortly after. It um, to, took a at little bit Chase? At Zach's house. Okay. Um, and – conveniently, he lived, Zach lives in Lee Summit. Um, so convenient for me, not so convenient for Jason. (laughs) Jason's went, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jason's been a trooper. He hasn't had a huge problem with it. And you know, I'm still open to meeting at his house if I need to, not a big deal. Um, but, uh, he he was like really nice enough to give me gas money sometimes. And he totally doesn't need to do that. Right. I've, I've, I mean, um, and he's a great cook too. Jason he, is. Yeah. Okay. He would, he would usually have dinner ready when nice. I got there, which is nice. a plus, but also he doesn't need to do that. It's just wonderful. Right. He's, he has amazing hospitality and it's, I awesome. had somebody,
0: uh, gosh, all the way back to episode 11, mm-hmm. he's gigged. We, we went to middle school and high school together and, and he, you know, he still gigs and, um, but he was talking about. Um, when he would get together with, I think the most recent outfit he was a part of, uh, you know, it was like, okay, we got to circle an hour on the calendar that we can all make happen. Cause everybody's whatever job kids, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. So we're squeezing in this hour or whatever. And then it became, somebody had the idea, like we should have a meal, you know, together and, and then practice or practice and then have, have a meal, whatever yeah, yeah. the order was. And it just, Changed everything completely to just, you know, as the saying goes, break bread uh, with, with, you know, people that you're invested in. Oh, yeah. um, So that's cool. That's that's good to know. He, um, you know, you mentioned this feeling of wholesome at his, uh, when you saw him play, Mm -hmm. Um, like he sort of exuded that in the chair. And then his, sometimes his posts... feel that way too like Mm -hmm. it just kind of i i don't know um it's very cool and 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 unique you know i might add um so you're born raised in green valley okay Mm -hmm. uh siblings brother and sister okay and where do you fit i am youngest you're the youngest Mm -hmm. okay um and do you know how your folks met high school Really? Mm-hmm. Wow! Are yeah. it's also from the area?
1: Um, yes. Okay. Uh, my my biological mom and dad are now separated, but they met in high school. Okay. And that's um, they got married pretty quick after. Yeah, sure. Um, and they had all three kids. Um, and separated when I don't know when I was still um, a baby. Okay. Um, and. But yeah, both in the in the Independence area. Okay,
0: right on. Um, so then are you um, so, so you're probably too little to have memories of them together, or no? Uh, yeah. Okay. So then are you doing any. the household split thing? I was. Okay, yeah, and then um, are they each music people? Are they putting on music in their homes?
1: Uh, well, they are. They are. Not musicians, um, right? But they are uh, definitely music listeners. Okay. Yeah. So um, what
0: what was mom and dad into?
1: So I remember most, you know, there were two sides of it, because it was mom didn't listen to a lot of music in the house, so it was usually always in the car. Yeah. With dad, it was getting blasted in the house okay. quite a lot. Um, and so with dad, it was in the house, uh, it was a lot of grunge.
0: Okay. Was, uh, Interesting.
1: Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains um uh his favorite band's rush though so oh, cool tons of rush um cool and, and i
0: mean for me i love rush so i, I did too okay um tool nice um, any I've, all uh, of this is like <laughs> uh i could smell it on your list you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, like we'll yeah. oh, just it, we'll get to that Offshoots,
1: but. for sure um yeah and so um Uh, there's probably tons of other things uh he showed me i remember for some reason there's this vivid memory and i don't know why this in particular is what i remember because i don't hear him listening to this very often but i remember coming into the garage that was where his big stereo was and he was blasting um david bowie's space oddity oh wow Um, and that and he was like very passionate about that at the time and he was like you know who this is and it's like tell me all about it and i was like really little at the time and i was like whatever um kind of you know i wasn't at that point connecting the dots musically in my head yet sure the stuff was getting stuck in my head yeah sure but i wasn't like invested yet okay it was like yeah that's bouncing around in there but
0: i uh you know uh, oh i'm Easily double your age, so all mm. these, you know, in the car with my mom as a kid, at some point, you know, I'm now I'm listening to classic rock, in my, mm-hmm. and then I start a collection, I start buying my own music, and it's like I'm I'm picking stuff up, you know, and 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 retaining it, and I'm fascinated, I'm intrigued by it, and like, seldom do I hear something on the FM dial that like, is unfamiliar or really grabs me. Yeah. And I'll never forget the first time, like, hearing Space Oddity Mm -hmm. and being like, holy shit, like, (laughs) I want to cry. That was because it's sad and so beautiful, and, like, who is this David Bowie guy? I mean, so it's...
1: I I feel like, yeah, I feel like Bowie would have that effect all around. Yeah, yeah. Whatever song it was. (laughs) Um,
0: Okay, so uh, mom's playing music in the car, dad's got a stereo in the garage.
1: Yeah, and so mom's music... Um, 80s new wave all sure. the way, yeah. Like uh, Talking Heads, nice. Um, Depeche Mode, lots okay. of that, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Devo,
0: nice. Um, trying to remember. Uh, how are the how are so? If you're the ba- I guess they don't probably they probably haven't had like need to interact much. If you're you know. Uh, four plus years removed from graduating high school, are uh, they? Are, are they court? Do they run into each other? Or are they cordial? They, are, uh, they get along. Okay, they're, cool. They're nice. still friends. Uh, okay, right on.
1: Which which really helps. There was never, um, I think their their separation they've made clear was very like amicable. They were mutually both accepting of it. Um, and I think that's the best way it could have gone. Hats off to mom and dad. And, I yeah, mean. absolutely. And so it, uh, even even though I, w- I don't remember the actual separation, and it was so early to where it didn't have a huge effect on my mental that state. That you know As far yet. as I know, as far <laughs> as I know, right? Um, uh, but it probably, you know, helps the most that they remained in contact so easily. And, right. they, and they had no problem. Like, there were no custody issues it was like there was an agreement in place where like you know it was me uh forget at mom's like Tuesdays through Thursdays or something mm-hmm. and dad's on the other days um it was kind of interchangeable they weren't strict about it they were oh, okay like, yeah and um I'm grateful for that too there was
0: So did you conflict. um like always roll with whatever schedule they had arranged or as you got older did you start to say hey this I want to make some tweaks here and there. Or how did that go?
1: I, I sat with the schedule pretty consistently up until about middle school, uh, maybe early high school Okay, is, is when, um, I s- stuck with dad a little more often. Oh, okay. Um, which nothing against mom at all. It was just a lot of my stuff was at dad's house. Interesting. <laughs> so like, and what kind uh, of like, distance
0: are we talking between the two homes? Um,
1: Less than a few blocks. Oh, nice! Very <laughs> so nice. Okay. That wasn't. I mean, I guess uh, earlier on, my mom lived in Independence. Okay. Um, for a little bit, um, but then she found a place in Grain Valley. Okay. Very close to town. And
0: so, so when that was happening, did she, did she just roll with it? Did mm-hmm. it, I mean.
1: She yeah. She was okay. With okay. It. Um, cool. I think she probably missed me quite a bit. Yeah. Still misses me. today. Yeah. And right. I, uh, my actual, actually, my resolution of sorts this year um, is to see her at l- least once or twice a month, maybe more. Okay. Um, don't know if I'm holding to it yet. I can't quite tell.
0: I was just gonna say we're we're but, we just crossed the halfway point yeah. of the year. How um, are you but doing?
1: But I've seen her more like more than I expected this year, which cool. is good. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Because um, I I know like it's it's at the point where you know all three kids are almost totally separated from the parents in terms of independence. Right. And, um, you know, I know that's, I, I, I'm not a parent, so I don't know, but I know that's probably not easy.
0: (laughs) Um, yeah. I mean, I'm at like, I'm, uh, split right down the middle and that I'm curious of actually how it went for you. And I'm, you know, that's on the horizon for me. My Mm -hmm. kids are 12 and nine and their their mom's a block away. I mean, and we Mm -hmm. have a whole bunch of uh, transitions uh, across the week. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but, uh, so mom, okay, got a feel for what dad's into and what mom's into. Mm -hmm. Neither are musicians yet at 21, 22, you're gigging in one outfit and being approached or by a second, uh, to, to, to play an instrument. Um, when did you first pick one up? I mean, what, what's your introduction to?
1: So, uh, I guess first musical notes played mm-hmm. were probably 2012. Okay. Um, uh, on the trumpet. Right? Okay. With, uh, played in the school band. Sure. And that was fine. yeah um, it, I, I enjoyed the instrument. yeah. I did not enjoy the instruction. Okay. Um, did so you
0: practice I, at home? I did And um, both I, at both homes.
1: Yeah yeah. I found that not not as much as they wanted me to, but mm. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, okay they had really strict things in place about practice. They would have us take home these sheets that were almost like checklists the and band. Yeah. At school? Okay. Uh, the, yeah. Instructors would have us take home this sheet, and we would essentially have to verify that we practiced X amount of things, and then have it signed by our parents, mm-hmm. and then turn that in. And that would be like, yes, I practiced. You know. Okay. And if you did not get that sheet in turned in, then they would dock the hell out of your grade. <laughs> sure. And assume that you didn't practice at all, which right. was just tough. Because I mean, I. I wasn't on top of the papers, but I do remember practicing. Right, So that right. was a thing where I can't prove it to them. You know? Right. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of get it, but it felt to me a little bit boxing in
0: esque, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that was one of the first things where I was like,
0: "This is art, man! Like, don't yeah. try to fit it into this." Yeah, and I don't
1: know. I, I and I didn't know why I was there to begin with necessarily, because at this point in time, I wasn't, still was not listening to music. Interesting. Um, I was just doing it because it was a thing to do. Okay. Um, and they had approached us. You know, at some point, the band directors approached many classrooms, and they're like, "We're putting people together for the band. Sign this paper and put your like top three instruments uh-huh. on there, and we'll get back to you and get you signed up and stuff." Was so, trumpet
0: um, one of your top three?
1: Yeah. So I did. Tr- uh, I think it was trumpet, trombone, and maybe clarinet okay a woodwind yeah yeah woodwinds were totally packed and full there was no room okay those oh well actually i wanted to do percussion somewhere on that list i put um a percussive all that rush yes right um i definitely liked the idea of drumming to a degree um but that was full too Okay. A very popular. Yeah. Part of the band, and so I ended up on trumpet, which I wasn't opposed to. Um, once you get to feeling that instrument, it tends to be quite simple because um, there's only three little things you can press mm-hmm. down, and only so many combinations until you've run out.
0: Right? I feel like Miles Davis is rolling in his grave
1: right now. I I know, that, and that's 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 a thing. Like I'm certain, it's. N- Definitely not easy to that degree. Like, right. I guess rudiment, the rudimentary chords. I guess felt pretty simple. Mm-hmm. In the end, I was only playing about three or four chords. Right, for, right. for each piece of music, so I didn't get far enough to like know the full extent of the instrument. Right. Um, I love Mason Miles Davis. Though. Okay. Um, more about that. Sure. Later. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. So, I'm where so, do you
0: go from trumpet?
1: So, uh, trumpet went well for about two years um maybe three at the most um and we did like concerts at the end of the year where the full band got together and we played these um compositions none of which i recognized they Mm. they were all like they were consistent across schools i heard a lot of schools playing these compositions but i don't remember them if you can find them anywhere online or anything. They may have just been curated for the school. I'm right. not sure. I just remember one being called, um, I think it was called fire dance. Okay. Something like that. I remember the first note being a D. <laughs> That's all I <laughs> There you <remember>. go. Yeah. <laughs> remember so you did mind. that
0: for a couple of years. Mm-hmm.
1: And then um, eventually, I think I just told my parents that I wasn't feeling it anymore. Okay. And they, they've always been really supportive in how I feel. So in any situation where I was like, no, they just said, okay.
0: All right. So are you done uh, and, with instruments at that point? And so at that point,
1: it's a long break. Um, wow. And I had looked, I had attended band concerts after that, just in passing, because uh-huh. they were a thing, and my friends went to some of them. Sure. Um, and, but let's see, it wasn't until freshman year of high school so we, so I guess I quit band in seventh grade. Okay. And in ninth grade, um, there is an intro to guitar class.
0: At your high school. At my high school. Get out of and here. Which was cool. That is cool. Guitar. That cancels out the that? whole check sheet for the trumpet practice.
1: Sort of. I mean, because um, well, yeah, it, it was definitely more enjoyable, but the instruction was the exact same.
0: Oh, um, okay. Unfortunately.
1: Um, and so even maybe even harsher, Oh, um, bummer. and so the only thing that made it truly worth it was, it was an instrument I felt a little bit more connected to. Okay. Um, and a lot of my friends were in the class, um, nice. and my first bandmates, uh, Brandon was in there Okay. and it was an easy A for him because he was already really good. Oh, nice. And so he's in there, you know, trying to get his credits all together to graduate and he's right. just like, this is an easy one to just. Hop onto my fine arts. um, No problem Mm -hmm. because he knew all the chords. Cool. He even knew how to play most of the solos you know out there. And and he was just trying not to accidentally flex too hard in class. Yes. And be like, hey, hey, you're supposed to be in the other,
0: (laughs) you know, advanced or whatever you call it. Right, we're going to bump you up. Yeah. Um, So you're not listening to music in, in middle school. Uh, you, you, uh, concerts happen, but they're not, you know, something that particularly resonates with you. Um, was there um an album that you first fell in love with? Whenever listening to music did begin, or or maybe one that you acquired that sort of gave birth to your own collection?
1: Yeah. So here was um probably also in freshman year. Okay. Shortly after that, guitar class. Um, same. Uh, friend Brandon yeah. had got me now at the time I was definitely listening to things in passing at this point I was I didn't have a preference for music I just thought certain things were catchy okay and so maybe I would save something to my YouTube playlist that would be kind of cool <laughs> I was I was into a lot of electronic sounds at the time interesting some uh, you know, dubstep was huge mm-hmm. in 2012-ish it yeah. was like Getting big around then. So that was a thing that my dad also introduced me to out of, you know, with all the rush and the grunge, he also liked Skrillex. Interesting. (laughs) And so he was like, check this out. And so that was, I think that was the first thing that actually got added to my phone where I was like, okay, I'm listening to this now. Um, But still not like hardcore about it. It was just like, "That's it's cool. Right.
0: So then uh, first memorable concert.
1: And so... First memorable concert.
0: I'm sorry, oh, if you, or, if, or, if or piece if I, of music. Well, but the uh, yeah, well, for the first uh, um, album that you gotcha, gotcha. We're really inter- interested in, and then also your first show.
1: Mm. It's tricky because I'm trying to remember when I became an album person. Because mm. I that friend Brandon showed me a multitude of artists. He showed me Black Sabbath. Okay. Metallica. Nice. Led Zeppelin. There you go.
0: Beatles.
1: Man. And a little more rush. Okay. Uh, um and that's where that's where I did Oh yes. Definitely some yes. I feel, yeah. Um and I think the first song where I was like, Wow, like really focusing in on it was a very interesting one. Kind of a deep cut, um, maybe not so much. Electric Funeral.
0: Black oh yeah. yeah Is that the Yeah! Mm-hmm. Oh my
1: god That's a great cut That guitar tone Was crazy to me um, Yeah And it was also There was something just, just sort of Hypnotic About that rhythm Yes It was very slow And brutal Yeah Um and so that was the first thing where I'm I'm actively listening. I'm, okay. not, I'm not just like, uh-huh, cool, it's a part of my day. <laughs> now now I'm like listening to instruments, and I'm yeah, like, okay. okay, this is like something that's sounding cool. Um, album, though?
0: That's, I mean, Electric <laughs> Funeral, that's a good, yeah. you know, I like, uh, what about show? First concert that is memorable, concert or? Concert that
1: was memorable, um... I saw Iron Maiden with my dad. Really mm-hmm. fun. Um it was Iron Maiden with Ghost opening.
0: Okay, I'm not familiar uh, with Ghost.
1: And Ghost are they're a newer metal group it's controversial for me to use the word metal for them because i know a lot of people are like they're not metal okay that's what the the journalists say yeah so that's what all the articles will yeah. tell you um
0: i remember when there were like five <laughs> genres and yeah now there's like 367 i'm like i don't know yeah. i don't know now
1: there's 300 genres to start and then 300 more with post that,
0: precisely precisely there's rock then yeah there's post rock yeah
1: there's grunge there's post grunge uh-huh. and etc yeah we're gonna keep yeah. going yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and That's, then I mean
0: I would imagine that would be fun was the was it a good vibe at that show? Mm, yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Where'd I think you see him. It was a T-Mobile Center okay. or slash Sprint Center yeah, at the yeah. time. Um and it was great. I remember my dad being a little bit critical towards that. He enjoyed it, but I he was like, "Man, Ghost outplayed the hell out of them." I mean, um because I mean, I
0: am surprised. Um that Iron Maiden has played that venue. I didn't know they toured that recently. I mean that venue is only what uh, 10, 12, 15 mm-hmm. years old. It's not an old venue, so yeah. it's surprised. like I didn't know they still toured. Mm. So I mean you, uh, yeah. Put, if you're if you're old and and older and not as crisp as you once were, and mm-hmm. some young bloods come around, and they you, I think you roll the oh, dice sure. every time you take the stage of being outplayed by your opener.
1: Yeah, at the time, Ghost was brand new. Now they have multiple albums out, but um, Iron Maiden was still impressive given the fact that their vocalist has had multiple throat surgeries mm. for throat cancer, um, and he has come out of those, still hitting many of the high notes. Oh, wow. And it's, Good for him. And it's pretty shocking sometimes. You're just like, yeah, he's, he's been cut all up and down his throat just to get all the yucky stuff out of there. Right. And he still somehow just goes yeah. for it. And it's great. And I think it, I was very um, entranced by their bassist, okay. um, Steve Harris. Who, and
0: you're what age at um, when the show happens-ish? Shoot. Um, high school? After? 15, 16. Okay, maybe. cool. Um,
1: and now this was, wasn't my first show, but the first show I was focused on. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, And so, but Steve Harris with his galloping technique on the bass, he's using three fingers. Okay. Um, so instead of your normal pizzicato, two fingers, he's galloping with three fingers, something I'm not very great at. but uh-huh. And that's how he gets that really fast sound, but very little of that metallic clankiness because uh. he's not using a pick. He's using his three fingers, but he's hitting it at the speed of a pick, which is impressive. Because usually, wow. yeah, usually with anything over a certain speed, you're gonna want a pick to be mm-hmm. able to strum that mm-hmm. fast, right? But he's just like like a horse. Nice, it's crazy. So it's impressive. Yeah.
0: What was the name of your first band?
1: Dazed Haven.
0: Dazed Haven. And you're what age?
1: Probably around the same, 15, 16.
0: Playing bass, mm-hmm. okay.
1: Um, now, yeah, and this is where like I have trouble figuring out when certain things started, but the band started pretty quick after I started the bass, like very little time, maybe three or four months. Okay. Um, so and now it's worth mentioning I started the bass in the first place because of my brother, mm. um, Blaine Bridges, okay. who is Double B, yeah, um, who is. The bassist in a KC band called Via Luna. Okay. Um, they're sort of a math rock, like jazzy. Yeah, I <laughs> know. There's another genre for you. Yeah. Um, I would describe math rock as um, very technical. Uh, he originally described it to me as a jazz rock. Infusion. Okay. So it's it uses a lot of like jazz chords, a lot of jazz progressions, um, but it involves a lot of very technical time signature stuff. I think that's where math comes in. Okay. It's very mathematical.
0: Uh, let's um, see. Um, sh- just six episodes ago, Shane Hatfield, who uh, is known on the airwaves as Pretty Boy, mm-hmm. does a show called The Scene, mm-hmm. and it's like all local regional, um, and it's it's been around for quite some time. Um, but I went he getting ready for his I went to his web and he's got like mm-hmm. I mean twenty five genres listed of, you know, what you might come across if you tune into his program and it which is it which airs I can't you have to check the episode for the deets, but it airs Friday night out of an on an FM station, uh out of Kearney and then it airs twice on Mondays on counterclockwise KC oh, cool. internet right. radio. Anyway, uh I saw like you know, I'm like, look at all these genres and then I I was like, math? Like <laughs> somebody did you pay a kid in the and they accident I was like, that's a fucking school. So like what are you you it's know, it's pretty
1: off putting at first. You're like, I don't want to do math. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think that just comes from the complexity of it and how it involves a lot of Tricky chords and a lot
0: of tricky mm. drums, mm-hmm. drum patterns. And so, so Dazed Haven, and then have there been others in between? And there have been others okay. between that.
1: Um, I, so yeah, um, I I saw my brother.
0: Mm, that's at, right.
1: At a show, he was playing. Nice. And that's where it clicked. I this was like in my huge gap of playing instruments. I played the guitar a little bit, and I, after that guitar class, I was intimidated by it. I mm. I knew the a few chords, but I having trouble with the many strings
0: but you knew before um, that show that your brother was and, yeah. playing and whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah. it took going to see him to for it to click yeah yeah, yeah. okay and so i saw him playing the bass up
1: there and I'm sorry was... tell
0: me again he he plays in a band right now mm-hmm. and it's yeah. called via luna they via luna okay
1: just got done with a tour on their new album
0: by way of the um, moon right this uh, <laughs> loose...
1: that would that would be awesome
0: a loose um, but it's a loose translation of Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Absolutely. No. That's amazing that you got that. Oh my gosh. Wow. Because um, they, they, they don't even know truly what it's supposed to mean. But, <laughs> but Moon is involved okay. for sure. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh. But I saw him playing, and I was like, man, that. I was like, oh right. There's a different type of guitar, isn't there? And I was like, hmm. And I saw like his four string, his bass. And I was just like. Let's give it another try. And so uh, I went to Guitar Center like a week later. Oh wow! Um, and
0: cash in hand, ready to buy. I
1: think I went there with my brother.
0: Okay, uh, nice.
1: As an advisor. Okay. Like, What's, yeah. What should I get? Yeah. And I got this Ibanez bass and uh, a, an amp, and went home that day and did not stop playing from there.
0: And ever since you've been the bass playing Bridges Brothers, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of bees, right? Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: And at the, for a time when we both had long hair, it was easy to get us confused um, at music venues where we were both attending. Oh, yeah. The only difference is that he's much taller than me. Okay, okay. So you okay. can tell that way. Um, but now his hair is very short, so it's,
0: okay. it's easy to... So you got Haven. you got Seeing Your Brother gig. Yeah. And then what?
1: And so, so yeah. So it was the Seeing the Brother. That's what got me into Dazed I think. Okay. So that happened prior. And I, it was with... My friend Brandon at school. He was on guitar. He had a friend named Jesse on guitar and vocals, so mm. two guitars, and um, no drummer at the time. Mm. Um, but we were very much interested in getting together. We also had a friend Marcus who was a part of the group who would come in to play later as a third guitarist.
0: Oh wow, um, that's pretty American, right there. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: um, and so we just we were in the garage like any day we could after school. It was. I would had my amp on this dolly, and I would just walk it over to their house. Nice. And uh, the bass on my back, and we would get there, and we would just With jam. Soft, and, a soft shell soft case showcase. that you could wear. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Jesse, the vocalist, had these songs that he was already writing, hmm. and they were very um, rudimentary, three to four chord um, songs used. Uh, most of them all use the same chords just mm. rearranged okay in certain ways sounds
0: like Elvis Costello or something mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and so I would say it was very Jesse Jesse comes from Mississippi okay um he's got this very heavy accent okay um it ended up translating into southern rock pretty much nice um, and it ended up which at the time you know I was I didn't care what I played. I right. just wanted to play something. And so I didn't know if I was into it or not into it. I was just happy to play the yeah. part. Later on, I would discover that it's not really about the music you like. Playing music in general is always fun. Mm. That's also what mm. I've discovered. Is, yeah. is I can I can totally be in a band that plays music that I don't particularly listen to. In fact, that's usually the case with a lot of bands. Um, my brother's a great example. He plays in That math rock band—that's very—it's not extremely cheery, but the sound is very uplifting, very vibrant, and very in your face at times. Cool. But he, as a listener, isn't really into math rock. He is more of like a metal, like like black metal listener. Like he likes a band called Deaf Heaven. I don't know if you've
0: heard of him, but I've not um, heard of black metal, let alone (laughs) anybody that falls under that umbrella.
1: It's just really, you know, harsh
0: noise okay with yeah guitars, sure yeah you know,
1: like blast beats on the drums oh man very heavy very loud um but that's an example and like um but as i'm once i'm in dazed haven at this point on the side i'm listening to ooh, pink floyd is something i forgot to mention okay um, i pink floyd was another one that i was introduced to by them we in fact covered many pink floyd songs really Couldn't tell if it was correctly or not. Okay. It sounded poor. I have no idea. Right. Um, I I probably still have some old recordings of what we were doing.
0: Did you guys ever Um, cover anything off of uh, animals?
1: I think we tried to do pigs at one
0: point. Okay. Um, That's to me, uh, Waters at his best. If you're you're listening to. Okay. I need to come back. And Gilmore shreds on a couple of those solo. I mean, on the whole thing, really, but. Yeah. Um that's that's a band
1: especially that I could see myself coming back around to today mm. but I had played and heard so much of their stuff at that time I had actually burnt myself out. Okay. Off accidentally. That's fair. I had played comfortably numb and unbelievably un- unbelievable. Great monotons. baseline. Amazing. But by the end of that <laughs> For playing it so many times i'm just like if i hear that guitar solo one
0: more time yeah uh uh, let's see metal uh umaguma um and and maybe more the motion picture sound those are three Mm -hmm. uh if you're not familiar uh kind of before they really exploded yeah. That are ju- uh, Adam Hart Mother is another the cool. cow wearing galoshes on the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those those are. I mean, I love pretty much everything they did uh, post Sid Barrett. All, you know, all the way up to even Division Bell. Um, mm-hmm. But nevertheless, um, so Days Taven on the side. You're listening to stuff that isn't necessarily. Okay. And then and then where from there bandwise? Um
1: so we got maybe about between 8 to 10 songs arranged. Oh, and along the way we had two drummers. Okay. Um we we had um guy named Joel on drums for a little while, and he was great, but he he also did school band, and he ran into some scheduling issues, okay. so he just couldn't make it Yeah, out. And That's where I met Dylan, the piano-tuning guy, okay. who I knew from school for a very long time. He had been my neighbor since... I mean, we had been neighbors since we were born, <laughs> and so uh, we grew up together weren't really like actual friends until right. the band came together and we've officially met each other and spent time with each other. Um, And he was a wonderful drummer, wonderful piano player. I'm shocked that we didn't manage to integrate his piano skills into the band mm. at some point, like bring it down, do a softer song mm-hmm. with some piano stuff. We didn't do that, but, um, but we had a good sh- few songs arranged. We felt good about them and Jesse had some family friends who were in a production business. Okay. Who had a studio and they were willing to listen to us and figure out if, you know, it would be something we could get recorded. Yeah. um, Even just partially, a little bit of it. Um, And we got to about that point. This is probably about a year. At most two years of practicing, writing, and practicing, and making putting these songs together. Weekly? Weekly, yeah. Wow. Um, And dedication. Yeah, it it was after. And you're you're
0: still in high school.
1: Uh, I got out of high school in 2019.
0: So, but when when is this? Uh,
1: And at this time, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. (laughs) It's um, but yeah. So at this time, yeah, it's still about maybe sophomore year. Okay, Um,
0: and. And again, you're getting support from mom and dad. Mm-hmm. To go, go do it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, that especially like major support from them because they they didn't do music stuff themselves, so they were fascinated to watch me put it together. Same with Blaine; it was very similar with him cool. too. Um, and so, then at some point, we played all the songs for. Um, the two guys who had the studio mm-hmm. and I don't know what the approach was going to be we just wanted to know what they thought and they they were very very positive about it but looking back I think it may have been somewhat of a red flag that they didn't give us any critiques at all no constructive criticism mm. keeping in mind we were all beginners at this um, and looking back I'm sure there were some major flaws in our dynamic and our okay our, like I just, I I think they may have been a little too nice, um, but
0: did they um, wind up recording it for you guys? They, or?
1: they wound up saying uh, we yeah like we'll talk about it more. Uh,
0: okay. I don't think they ever said yes officially, okay.
1: but it was feeling good, and they were they were very enthusiastic about. It. And I think and I'm not saying they didn't want to. I just think um I think maybe as an effort to prevent hurting our feelings, I think they held back. Um, in terms of hearing us just because I have listened back to some of that stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and what we had made and it's hard to listen to now mm. to, for me. Um, Cause you've
0: evolved and
1: I've evolved and they have evolved yeah. and, uh, I'm not in a band with any of them now, but I know they're all way better players now. Okay. <laughs> and so it, you know, everybody's
0: still playing everybody's from still that playing. band. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, it's a good sign.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, but yeah, uh, if, Eventually, it came down to it, and we are like... Right around the time where we were looking for dates to maybe test out their studio, uh-huh. um, our vocalist decided that he just didn't want to follow through. Um, oh. And he wanted to back out for personal reasons. Sure. And, I, you know, at the time, I was a little bit mad, but it's not a big deal right. at this point. I, I mean, I've realized that that... Allowed me to leave that project and grow with other ones. Yeah, um,
0: I feel, and got to have those in all of our alleys. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like
1: it's one of those things. Like I, I was very glad it happened yeah. to get me kickstarted. Right. But there was also always going to be that time where I had to leave. Um. And so
0: yeah. Um. Two years, man. That's a good run for yeah, young. Bad. I'm right. assuming everybody else is your roughly your age, or
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, we're probably all about the same age right now. There was no gigging though. Um, no shows. Um, it was all just straight practice. And that was, I think, what helped Probably what strengthen you, the material. You might have needed for it. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I was also dabbling in pedals. I had this board put oh, together boy. at the time. like Nerd lo- alert. Loner pedals from Blaine and cool. stuff. And um, and I didn't know how to use any of them. I would just stomp them on and see <laughs> what happened. And uh, didn't even tweak the knobs at all. It was just loud and yeah. stupid yeah. sometimes. and But it was awesome. I bet. To, to just do that. In an, in an unfiltered garage where the parents did not care at all what happened, it was awesome to just unleash, yeah, and just feel that. Um, and so, yeah, a uh, vocalist decided that he, he didn't want to move forward, he wanted to um, pursue just singer songwriting, by, okay, by himself. I think he felt a bit overwhelmed by the, sure. by the dynamic of things, okay, and you know, he was which is understandable now. Yeah. Now that I look at The what it takes to have a healthy band—it is a lot, Um, and oftentimes even comparable to a relationship. Oh, for sure.
0: Um, I mean, healthy is yeah. Heck,
1: I've I've heard some people say a marriage. Yeah. Sometimes it's even to that degree, especially which is why it
0: hurts if it if it ends. Yeah. Right. You know, like Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, Patrick Swayze's character Bodie from Point Break. If you've ever Mm -hmm. seen (laughs) it, we shared time. You know, (laughs) she was my woman, Uh, but. So so that had, that kind of dissolves and then what's yeah. the next piece for you?
1: so it, it splits into a three piece now um, an instrumental three piece uh, and the throughout that project wh- I, I mentioned a friend named Marcus he as a third guitarist he, mm-hmm, end, mm-hmm. he ended up coming in about like a year into that day's Haven process and um, Brandon, the guitarist that got me into it in the first place ended up leaving oh um, and, and actually I think it was jesse's decision to remove him from the group Ah. if i remember right um and at the time it was mainly just a reliability thing okay Um, he gotta have that he wasn't showing up and he wasn't learning more parts he was kind of just at a standstill sure um i say this just like honestly i'm still really good friends with him cool like that i've we've we reconnected after he had left the group nice um, we're still buds at this point. So it's it's not like me. Sometimes. I don't mean to jab anyone. No, no, no. It's
0: Sometimes it's happens. like uh, y- y- you make choices and decisions and you're, it's not really clear mm-hmm. why until you've had some time to let it marinate. Sure, yeah. And then absolutely. you're like, oh, man, I I had I was going through some shit or uh, I, I, I felt it at one point and then I no longer felt I mean, it could be a bunch of different, but it always is after some time. To sort of look at it, you know, uh, less bi- or less biased, you know, yeah, or more well, objectively. That's,
1: that's crazy important. Because, like, at the time, I feel like we were all a little bit pissed when it started dissolving. Just because we had worked on the material so yeah. much. Um, but looking back, it just, like, it, it is the right, whatever it was, it was the right thing. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, as a three-piece, um, we renamed ourselves to Concept.
0: That was the concept, just concept, concept. Just oh, concept. okay.
1: Um, and we had put some ideas together for a little bit. It just wasn't gelling. It, and this was just Marcus, Dylan, and me. Okay. Um, and uh, trying yeah,
0: to trying to make it work.
1: Trying to make something yeah. work, but without without the songwriting glue that was Jesse, we didn't know how to put anything together. Sure. Um. So, it just it glided away from there, and we all went our separate ways. Yeah. And, um, and that was, that was okay. Around this time, I was, I was now, I was now bandless and back to practicing at home. Back to learning other people's well, material.
0: Makes it sound like you're naked. You know, <laughs> when you say bandless. Yeah,
1: it did. I, it felt, it did feel like a loss of purpose for a little bit. There, I bet. Right? And I was like, well, what do with the instrument now? It's like, yeah. I have no idea what to do with this. Um, and then... Um, and my mic distance is okay here. Right? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Okay. You're Just good. Just making sure. Um, and uh, But too late to ask, I guess. Well, <laughs> um, it's
0: a, a, a thing. I mean, you would think that I would know. Uh, but, I mean, I'm still that's okay. like I've had some episodes where <laughs> the audio sucks. And, you know, more often than not, like I'm uh, – my my volume is higher than the ge- because I'm used to it. I'm sit- sure, you know, sure, I sure. sit here and I'm sort of, you know, trying to direct the conversation. I'm just aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know never perfect. Like uh, okay. some episodes have been absolute disasters, and and some have been fun. I mean, they've all been fun. Cool. But anyway, uh, so your bandless,
1: yeah. So um, and then I th- this is around the time where. It was probably my dad that mentioned. Maybe he knew that I was looking for something, and mm. he was like, "Hey, there's a thing called a School of Rock. Mm. Um, it's um, there's one in Lee Summit. Um, that particular location started around 2015. It was about late 2016 at this time, I would okay. think. Um, and
0: named s- intentionally for the movie.
1: Company came before the movie. Um, shockingly, um, the, really? it started in Philadelphia and it, it was a startup originally called, um, man, I forget. Um, it wasn't called school of rock mm. at first. That wasn't even a thing. It was, I think just rock school or like, or school of rock and music or something like that. Cool. It was started up by this one guy and it was a small place in Philadelphia where they people did lessons and they did rehearsals and stuff, and then it it was bought um, and given the uh, official license of School of Rock. Okay. And is now an international corporation. Oh wow. Um,
0: okay. And you could get benefits um, if you work there, perhaps. <laughs>
1: At at this very moment, I don't. But once I would get on salary, yes. Right, um, right. Uh, which so you're, I would love
0: to. So you're bandless, uh, and your dad feels it, and maybe gives you a little hat tip to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. "I don't know if this is what you need, but go check it out." Exactly. Yeah. Okay. He
1: was. He was like, "I don't know if you're into like institutionalizing it." Um, <laughs> but, sounds. But here's uh, here's a tip, um, and so I looked it up. Looked cool, um, and the main thing that caught my eye was it the The whole motto of it is teaching through performance based education. Okay. So it's not just lessons; it's lessons, rehearsals, and gigs. Oh, cool! All in one package. Um, and so, I was like, "Yeah, this. I mean, why not?" And I, uh, I filled out an application myself, not knowing that the parents supposed to do that. Oh. Um, and so I filled the application out anyway, and they called me asking for my, my dad essentially and I was just like no this is him and they're just like oh well uh, they didn't mind at all and they're just like well you want to come in and do a a trial lesson I mean, they do we do free lessons for people who just want to demo Staging in the restaurant business yeah
0: somebody comes in and you watch them work a shift and see if they're going to be worth a shit mm-hmm. I mean essentially Right, right, yeah. And so
1: so at the time, I was coming in as a potential student, not a potential worker. Okay. Um, And so um, I came in, and I did a trial lesson with who would then become my bass teacher for almost two years, um, Ben Harris.
0: Nice. Who
1: um, is no longer working for School of Rock, but he is still a working musician. He is a jazz bassist, um, mainly professionalizing in the upright. Um, bass and playing in orchestras. And, oh wow! And, and jazz bands and stuff. He uh, is went to Berkeley. Um, oh wow! And then went to Manhattan School of Music. I'm not sure which one he got certified from. Maybe both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, uh, I don't know what put him in Missouri. Well, I he said he he came to Missouri because. Uh, apparently Kansas has a pretty sprawling jazz scene. I didn't know that.
0: I did not but, either.
1: But he came here for the Kansas Kansas City jazz scene. Oh, uh, oh, oh, so. yes. Historically.
0: Um, I mean, that's yeah. the birthplace. Um, sorry, did I say Kansas? Yeah. Kansas City jazz scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: weird I get that confused. I'm, I'm from here. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, yeah, he came here for that, and um, I guess it really worked out for him. He finds work really easily around here. Cool. But, but he was... In in the best of ways, this is a compliment to him. Wildly overqualified for school of rock. Okay, he could easily be a professor at the biggest university you can think of, mm. and he would rock it. But he chose to settle down in a smaller place. He didn't want the attention. He he doesn't. He's uh he comes he lo- seems to me more of a. I don't want to use the word hermit. It's harsh, but like. He, he's introverted.
0: introvert, for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's, not, he's not one to lecture, necessarily. Cool. He's more like he wants to visit people on their own, and yeah. see them face-to-face, yeah. and an isolated series of lessons. I
0: appreciate you know? that very much. And
1: I feel like that really helps tailor someone's playing yeah. when it's one-on-one. Yeah. One.
0: Um, so you're going in as a pers- prospective student. Yeah.
1: So and it's, it's just a 30-minute lesson, um, and I had my Ibanez bass. He had this beat-up... Possibly 1960s fretless precision bass. It was this beautiful thing. And that got me hooked right away. I'm just like, what do I have to do to get one?
0: (laughs) (laughs) My sign right here, (laughs) like, get one tomorrow. Yeah.
1: um, And, but it went amazing. I don't particularly remember that lesson. I just remember it was enough for me to be like, yep, like that. I need instruction. That immediately, I immediately connected that I had done. I had done so much with myself, by myself at home. Plateaued. And, 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 I yeah, it was getting to a point where I'm like, I'm not learning anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I need... You I
0: need, like, always got to be learning.
1: Yeah. Um, and so I was not opposed at all to adding structure to my learning. That was what I needed. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, and that worked out. And so um, I talked my family into signing me up. It's an expensive program. okay. Um, and uh, my dad was all for it just because he knew... He was like, it seems like it means something to you. I'm like, it does. And he's like, I'm going to hold you to that. And so he signed me up for it, and it was a hit. I mean, I was, and I've never left. <laughs> that. And that was, that was a beginning of 2017 when I officially signed up.
0: Okay. Um, so, where from that time, uh, wow, Major Matt Mason, mm-hmm. where does that happen?
1: Hmm.
0: 2020. Okay, so you're bandless for three years and doing the School of Rock thing and taking yeah. instruction and, and
1: well, um, before Major Matt, um, man, there's so many steps I'm forgetting here. That's okay. Um, well, before Major Matt, I was in a band comprised of School of Rock students. Oh, fun! Uh, called Formalities. Okay. Um, and we uh, we did we played about about six, maybe seven shows in the KC area, um, and that that was like the first most like rewarding
0: awesome well, t- project i'd ever two been years uh practicing so. uh and putting a lot of energy into getting material down and and almost recorded mm-hmm. but but no gigging and so now uh, you're scratching that itch you couldn't reach and uh, were you nervous i mean initially
1: um but what helped us is that we had all come from school of rock and Ah. and already had maybe about over a dozen gigs under our belts okay um from school that's so cool because with the school of rock it's a four month period like each um uh, trimester yeah each trimester is about four months the each um, they do what are called like shows. The show is not, they refer to them as shows, but it's more like a uh, a, a particular band that you are in, and that band has a theme. And so, you play a particular type of music or a particular band. Um, and so, my first season, my first trimester with School of Rock was playing all Ramones.
0: Oh, wow! Songs. And
1: so, it was actually that's a, fun. It was actually a really good jumping off point for me because Ramones songs were pretty easy on the bass yeah i don't like using the word easy because well, music is not easy simple um, but simple yeah. on um, the instrument and like three chords yeah you know, three three notes that i had to keep track of often repeating a lot of their songs use the same group of notes
0: and so we just uh, i just did an yeah. episode with uh somebody who had uh rocket to russia uh, on their list and mm-hmm. that was the first time you know i've heard the ramones a bunch but i've never listened to the ramones yeah. and i sat down i was like. I fucking like these guys it's a lot. lot.
1: It's it's yeah, and I got into the I got into the rabbit hole there. Okay, um, listened to a lot of Ramones, um, and but yeah, so then we played a show after after four months of rehearsing and also meeting my first n- new friends um, at the school. Um, particularly, Jace was a notable one. Him and I would go on to form formalities later. Mm. Um, and uh, but. At, at the end of the four months, we played a show at two shows. One was at, at Aftershock, which is no longer around. Okay. Um and that was in North Kansas you got to quit gigging Wednesday. at these venues that die after you gig there. <laughs> Everything I touch is gone. <laughs> um, and so after uh, yeah i was i was so sad Uh, when when the pandemic came around oh dang it was watching almost all of the venues i had played at as a student being wiped
0: yeah wow
1: and and it was uh, nowadays school of rock has recovered and found new ones but it was tough to see a lot of the places that were my learning points of gigging no longer being around yeah so um Played at Aftershock, and then we played at a restaurant in Lee Summit called Tiff and Jay's. Okay. And they have a basement with a stage. Yeah. And just a place where you can set up yeah. and do your thing.
0: They do, they move some bodies through there, that yes, place. Yes,
1: and that was usually the packed house. Um, okay. That was very awesome. Um, and, but yeah, so that went well, and I went on to do about 10 more trimesters um, with the school. Dang. Um, until, and that was, I aged out. At eighteen, okay. Um, after about eight of those, and then joined the adult band and did about two more. Um, huh. Oh, seven, and then did three more as an adult band. So okay, trying to do the math. Um, and um, the adult band was just a mixture of um, instructors and also just adult students. That because we, we teach all ages, um, right? But and adult students are harder to come by, but they do come through. Sometimes it's them picking the instrument back up. Sometimes sure. it's totally new to them. Wow! Um, but and the adult. This band place was, sounds really cool. It's amazing. Um, it speaks that I'm still there. Right. It just it really stuck, and it's a community that has barely changed since then too. There were, of course, some company changes, but all of the staff, besides Ben and Taylor, are two instructors to note who have since departed. The rest are still there. Mm. And so since I started. Um, and so all of my mentors are still there. I'm now working alongside them. Which God, feels crazy. that's awesome. Um, but they all treat me just like one of them. Up here, which nice. Is, it it means a lot because I my biggest fear getting into it so early was some age discrimination. You know, and I, like it's it, weird that I've thought this, but like, am I moving too fast? Like, am I too young to? be doing all this, you know, and I, I kept fearing, mm. I kept fearing that there was going to be that one person that was just like, you need to go back to the drawing board
2: and mm. figure
1: yourself out, you know, um, never happened. Cool. Um, so I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, been teaching there. Um, but yeah, formalities had formed before I was teaching there and that's where I started gigging up aside from school of rock. Um, because it was really easy to gig with Skill of Rock cuz they organized it all. You know, I, I, I can, that's
0: been my burning it. question is you say this is what they do and the thing that we, I'm like they they contact venues and book stuff yeah. for you like yep. crazy.
1: And we played the Record Bar a lot. No oh, fun. Which ended up creating my my relationship with that venue now I play there as as much as I can. It's hard cuz they get a lot of bands going through there but Yeah,
0: I just got I've been steve tulipana have yeah. been messaging back and forth and back and forth mm-hmm. and i just got his list cool and so now oh, the ball so fun is so in his, his court to, to pick a date and awesome. then yeah
1: yeah i love steve um uh, i have but yeah so after it was you know formalities had formed during our school of rock tenure um and um that just went really well we got with a a drummer named Taylor, and we got with um, another guitarist named Luke, and we had this wonderful practice space in Luke's basement. It was essentially, a, it was a totally soundproofed basement studio. It was isolated. It was quiet and like no reverb whatsoever. Oh my god, I it love like, it! You snapped and you heard nothing, and it was awesome because I I had never. Experienced that. So we could, we didn't even record a lot of stuff, which I regret now. I'm oh, like, we bummer. could have utilized that space so right. well. Um, but we played so much in there and we put together this set of seven to eight songs that was extremely experimental, very noisy, and very, it was uh, the strangest music I've ever made. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like, it, uh, I, it's probably like, it's really uh, a really high comparison to make but radiohead I mean, okay it was just a lot of radiohead textures sure. going on because that was luke's favorite band at the time and he was like one of our songwriting powerhouses and he should
0: radiohead textures should be like a kind of carpet or a, a, yeah. a paint sample <laughs> yes. I mean, you know <laughs> i don't know what it is but i also know very and much I what it exactly is exactly what
2: you're yeah. talking
1: about yeah um and that that's what ended up getting put in a review one of our shows um uh, uh formalities yeah okay well, do you uh, you know the um, too much rock uh-uh. yeah, the the it's a website. It's also uh, the guy named Sid who runs it. It's like a music journalist, oh, journalist cool. site. A music blog, essentially. Nice. Um, but he goes and sees bands, and he takes pictures, and he does reviews of their sets and stuff. Nothing too critical. He just says, like, you know, this is what stuck out to me. This band is from blah, 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 yeah. and they're doing this. And he he came to one of our shows, and that was where I met Major Matt. We, had, we opened for Major Matt Mason. Oh, cool. Um, when he was a duo with... Um, uh, Brian Herchen, uh, who is with them with major Matt still. okay now I'm with him and but it was them too and they had invited us up, invited us out to play with them because I had met Matt in passing prior at another show. I went so many steps to it. but um, that was you know and Luke was a big fan. Luke our guitarist was a huge fan of Matt. I didn't know anything about Matt. Right. Um, but Luke saw him in the audience at one of our shows and he was like, holy shit, that's Matthew Roth. Um, and I was just like, who? The? And, and, and he was just like, he's like one of the, you know, one of the most prolific folk artists of the New York scene. And I was just like, really? And, was, and he, <laughs> he was, you know, this saying all these things. and I'm just like, well, cool. And um, we sort of, and he came up to us and he really liked our set. He was like, that was awesome guys. That reminded me of a, a lot of, like, my favorite experimental things and mm. stuff like that. And so um, we just went our ways. And later on, he was like, hey, we're playing a show at, um, at Records with Merit.
0: Oh, um, where?
1: And uh, that's in Westport. No, no,
0: I know. Uh, but just, Avers, like, in so the side. store?
1: Yeah. Uh, the in Right next to the door there where the window is,
0: uh-huh.
2: they
1: would move the shelves over. That's where it is. And okay. it, they would essentially keep the door open so there's more space yeah. and everything. Yeah, they don't put shows on uh, over there m- many more really, but they they've told us that they would make an exception for Major Matt potentially. I don't know if cool. we're doing anything. But you soon, can
0: but... Uh, factually state that you have gigged at Records with Merit. Mm-hmm. Nice.
1: And so is my brother. That's where uh, I. That's, wow. that's where I. That was I believe actually the show where I had the revelation about bass was my brother at Records with Merit. Okay playing there and I was like, yeah, that's very cool. Um, but yeah. And so formalities played that show and that's where Sid from too much rock reviewed our set. And he, he used the term Radiohead textures. Oh, textures in, in his review. Yeah. He was, he was like, you know,
0: it's a very music journalist thing of yeah. him to do. Yeah. yeah, He
1: was like, he was like, they're just kids. They're getting started. Sure. Like they're working with a lot of sounds, some radio heady kind of stuff. Gotcha. And that was what he had to say. Yeah. And, and it was true. <laughs> and, um, but uh, but yeah, and then um, uh, l- eventually formalities uh just naturally drifted apart through okay. getting really busy. Um, our, right. Our uh, guitarist Luke wanted to go to college in a different state, mm. and so he moved to Boulder, Colorado, to to go to
0: CU. Um. Yep. yep That's not cheap.
1: <laughs> not at all. Um. And he's going there to get um. A mathematics degree of Okay. Sorts. He wants to do engineering like his father. Well. Um, so that's the place to go for it. He'll, pro- he'll probably um, uh, make do well for himself. I'm absolutely certain. He's one of the smartest people I've ever met. Um, and then our drummer, Taylor, um, went to school for sound engineering mm. and is now certified in doing sound at venues all over the city. Um, uh, really? Yeah. Cool. So, uh, and then uh, Jace, um, the guy who got me... Sort of into the group and acquainted with everyone, um, joined a couple other projects after that. And I think now he's he's just working. He's still doing music as a hobby, but he has yet to put together a band. I've let him know that when the time comes, I would love to collaborate with him again. But cool. right now, there's a lot going good, on. Good, so. good for you to put that out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to get that whole group back together. Um, but at the moment, it's just not right. Right. Um, yeah. But I am holding hope that someday. You never know. We're seeing a lot of bands uh, these past few years, especially, who are reuniting after 20-year gaps.
0: Mm. Locally.
1: uh, Locally and all over the country. Um, And actually, one of the bands I have on my list has done so. Um, But yeah. And so... um, fast forwarding a little bit um formalities naturally drifted nothing yeah. bad happened it was just like yep time to go move on and major matt mason and matt reached out to me he's like you want to come over and talk you know it wasn't even like a music proposition he's just like you want to hang out i was like yeah sure. <laughs> and so we we got together uh i went to his house it was uh in a shawnee so that's like the 40-ish minute drive yeah, that yeah. i make and um we uh we just talked we talked music like the music that we liked, um like what we're about to do you know right we just talked about records and cool um, and we just hit it off and got along really well awesome and, and we both had like really deep talks and stuff and um he had me listen to some of the stuff he was working on and he was just like yeah take some of this home and um I'll send it to you and he's like put some bass to it if you feel inclined mm-hmm. and I'll let you know what I think um and that started nice um and so since then it has been i say formalities was the most rewarding project it, in terms of like songwriting from the ground up and learning about how to actually craft something and actually like create sounds with our pedals without just turning things on yeah that's that was the most rewarding aspect of that group with major matt matt has been a huge mentor in teaching me all about restraint and minimalism and Mm. being... the notes you don't play. Yes. Um, With formalities, it was everything all at once. Sure. Just...
0: Man, you're getting, uh, like, some serious foundation stones with the two years of the one project and then uh, a different flavor of instruction and gigging and, uh, I mean yeah it's like it's i mean it, it feels like uh a a really um inclusive healthy sort of build Absolutely. to yeah, yeah. to to right now oh sure um that's really cool yeah, um thank you you mentioned your list i want to uh Jump over to it, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless I'm cutting off a part of, I don't think so. Uh, what you're um, getting out of Major Matt and
1: really so it, forth. Yeah, the only thing there was ma- Major Matt. Like it was, I went in there with the you know when I actually got into the practice room with him and it was with Brian on the drums and every everyone was together there. He had me starting on two songs, um, one called "Victims of the Storm," which is out now it's mm. on Spotify and Bandcamp. Um, I think YouTube as well. Um, and then also a song called Endless Summers, mm. um, which is not fully out right now, but there's a demo on Okay. Um, and, but we started with those two and I went in playing very busy. Um, and I played through both of those songs and there was a lot of chords, a lot of fills, a lot of like jumping around and.
0: Matt, hence, hence the restraint. Yeah. And, okay. that,
1: and Matt was like, <laughs> I think, I think I remember him being like, he was like, that's, Cool.
0: <laughs> and, like, um, Fuck, that's not and what I, I was like oh hear. no
1: and I uh, got really nervous for a little bit there but but he he in no way ever wants it to be like he only wants to to create the best feeling music you cool know? and so and so it was at, at the moment it was scary to me and yeah. he was just like let's just <clears throat> pull it back a bit let's Let's play less. And at first I I took it as a jab, but I Mm. quickly had to rewire myself. Right. Because I was like, that's not how this is. Like, I know know Matt's been doing this a long time. Right. I know he wouldn't.
0: Good insight on your part.
1: Yeah. And so I was just like, let's just hear him out. Okay. Um, And so he was like, let's try something like this. He showed me sort of a rhythmic idea. And I was like, okay. And so he sort of helped me, he helped kickstart my my playing with him by showing me some of his ideas until eventually I could turn those into my own ideas. Mm. Like I just needed his blueprint first, right. what he was going for. And that really helped. And so
0: for some reason, all yeah. of this is putting, um, are you familiar with Chains Addiction? Yeah. Um, three, three days. Mm. Do you know that tune? I think it's on nothing shocking. I need to hear it. But. Um, but it's like, and it's a very long kind of, you know, intense build of a mm-hmm. song. And eventually, you know, but the bass line is, is uh, an interesting mix of, uh, I think, appropriately busy and demonstrating restraint. Mm-hmm. And it sort of just sets the pattern for the whole song. But yeah. I'll send it to you and a- check it out.
1: Oh, yeah. Appropriately busy is an even better term. Like, that's something that we... Went over a lot. It's like we started so simple. He would even do it to the drums, too, because the drums are still kind of in flux, you know? Mm. And Brian was still somewhat new to the project, not as new as me, but it was it was a learning experience for both of us. Right. Learning to, to bring it way down to the bare bones. Right. Like we're talking whole notes with just the chords no hmm. like messing around with picking no like at, like really rudimentary and at first f- at first you're like oh man that's sluggish and boring like that's what would come to mind as a musician when you're playing through that but then you feel the build playing like playing it that way like ultra simplified multiple times for multiple practices hmm. and then finally starting to add a little bit you realize how familiar f- familiar you are with the feel of the song until it's now just second nature. Right. Like it, you now have such a strong foundation that adding on to that is absolutely no hassle at all and it doesn't throw anything off. Right. And so the whole goal was there was to build that foundation.
0: Moment you, you should be with us. I don't usually do this. Feeling That's okay. like, we do. We do. like you like yes it's a monster song i love that
1: and yeah. that and that transition from the business busyness the into just the driving notes mm. where it flattens mm-hmm. out a mm-hmm. little bit that's extremely important and that's a kind of thing that i learned about but anyways cool. that, that was the message with major matt and um that you know eventually we've played many shows at this point and have recorded material and Done a lot of stuff, and eventually I met Jason. Yeah, and
0: and and yeah. I feel like I could be wrong here, but I feel like Jason said Chowk kind of came together February ish, mm. um, and he, he I, again, I think I'm remembering correctly, spoke optimistically about like putting out an LP this year, or or something to that effect. Uh, regardless, it all felt like, wait, what you guys? Mm-hmm this and i mean i know that the gigs are happening yes. so it's like it's sort of like um you know if your path and all the things that you experienced up until now all sort of happened for a reason to craft the musician that you yes. are like maybe the same stuff was happening for the two of them and so mm-hmm. you guys have been like uh fed and rested and sculpted and now just here we go boom very well said okay yes that's, i mean that's gotta feel cool
1: yeah yeah I mean, absolutely and that it's, sounds cool that's why i'm i'm just like beyond grateful for every single experience sure. good and bad right you know? and right it's just like i couldn't have done any of it without if i lost any of it along the way it could have thrown everything off. Mm. you know yeah so, wow and it, yeah but so um yeah chok i i don't know what i can speak to about LP community. that's okay I, I, I wasn't I looking lo- for a date or oh, you're okay I a quote I, I would but... love to it just depends how time works out right so, right yeah you gotta um,
0: take but, take it as it comes but we're working we're um so your list thank you very yeah, much for sending absolutely. it uh it's always fascinating to me some are intimidated some are very eager um sometimes I think folks overthink it you know in fact Steve sent me his and said, if you ask me next week, my list is probably five different records, which is totally fair. Like good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yours, um, is one of those that like first glance, uh, it's like, I don't know which is the artist and which is the album title. And several,
1: I did artist first,
0: regardless, uh, it it happens, you know, Uh it's just, there's just stuff like if, uh, you know, um, Pink Floyd "Wish You Were Here" was on your list. I it would stand out because I've because sure I've is. seen that uh, the name. Yeah. Well, I've seen that uh, sequence of words together as an outfit and a tie. You know. So anyway, I was like, "Huh, this is going to be," and I think this is going to be interesting. Um, and so I usually try to run. I don't know if you gave it to me in, in chronological release order, but I, I like to run through them that way I
1: noticed that I did not list it that way but I would I'm totally fine so it it
0: starts with uh, 1996 you know uh, one thing uh, uh, as I'm going through your list I'm like it's it's very interesting to see uh, if people you know sort of have a, a big span of years or, or sometimes people have pockets mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it's all over the place. Um, but with yours, I kept thinking, man, all this shit is like really recent and it's because you're 22 years old, <laughs> I think. But nevertheless, uh, failure, fantastic planet, 1996, third record of six for them. Mm-hmm. 17 tracks, 67 minutes. I was like, what is this going to be? And it opens with Saturday Savior, which is just kill. I'm a sucker for a good opening. I love I love the thought process what part of what this is is a love for albums, mm-hmm. um, which uh, where that's headed currently today, I don't know. it's i I hope it never dies. And, and we don't get to a spot where everybody's dropping singles and an EP is a... But, oh, I really
1: hope, yeah. <laughs> I um,
0: so I love albums. I love the idea of uh, the songwriting process having happened and, and practice having happened. And then there's this, you know, unit that comes together form. to make yeah. the thing that people can... Um, so uh, I, I love that. I love uh, track, track sequence... Um, I'm always uh, interested in, in track length, track title. I mean, all, all I, geek, I can geek out about most any of it. Same. Um, so that, I think all that kind of makes me a sucker for a good opener. And Saturday Savior is crisp and clean. And there's like some kind of Nirvana-y distortion happening in there. Um, and then um, track three uh, sequel, uh, very cool. Um, and cover art is, uh, similar to L. Ron Hubbard's book, who is the inventor of the Church of Scientology. Oh. Um, so very cool sound. Yeah. Um, not something that like I've necessarily heard before, but it also was like, um, you know, if you had to start a job like immediately and you had zero preparation, and they somebody just handed you a uniform and it fit and felt like, oh, I can I can hang out with this. I had that. So so, so how do these guys wind up in your wheelhouse?
1: Saturday Savior was my official introduction. To okay. It. Um. So, uh, very cool that that's also going to be the first thing that you hear here. Yeah. Um. And I'm pretty sure it was completely just stumbled across them on the internet. Oh, really? But it was, yeah. I'm pretty wow. pretty sure Saturday Savior was um, on um, like my YouTube featured list, and. Um, clicked on it, uh, that cover looked pretty intriguing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think I had heard the name tossed around. I, I couldn't quite remember. Okay, I, I listened to that, and I was like, wow. Um, and that song made my playlist, and I did not hear the album for a long time. Oh, wow.
0: Um, Funny how that cause works. Because
1: I, I think around the time I heard the song, I was just almost becoming an album person. Mm. Quite. And, mm. I, and I can't pinpoint when that was. Right. Um, but
0: This album is so packed full of stuff i mean
1: yeah and i i when i did get around around to listening it listening to it i remember remembering some things from and not remembering other things obviously it's long so it's gonna take a few listens to get to a point but the last um let's see Last four tracks, mm. another space song stuck on you, Heliotropic, Daylight, um, are the four like most beloved tracks from the fans of this group. Oh, and, really? And yeah, and we're also the four tracks that first just blew my freaking mind. Okay. Um, And when they, uh, I've had the privilege to see every single one of these bands live. Oh, nice. On this list. Nice. I saw them most recently,
0: Failure. Okay.
1: Um, They, uh, at the Granada in Lawrence. Love um, that venue. And insane set, but they always play those four tracks Back to back at every show, and they always finish the show with those four, because because oh. that's what the fans are waiting for. That's the that's the magnum. But the rest, of the, the rest
0: of the set list can be whatever.
1: Rest of okay. the set list can be whatever. they put out an album last year. Yeah. Um. And uh, am I right? Or two years ago? I think. Ago? I think so. Um. And might it might have been twenty one. And it was fantastic. And they they played a majority of that
0: album. Oh, good. At the show. Okay.
1: Along with um a lot of stuff from there. Uh, their whole catalog really um but this is this was the band that i had sort of uh tipped earlier as a band breaking up and reuniting 20 years yes because they stopped after fantastic planet okay um, and due to a um, a conflict within the band they um, had parted ways um, and they reunited in 20. With reunited with a record in 2015 I believe okay um, and that was, that record was the heart is a monster mm. um, and it was it wasn't a smash hit obviously because you're not saying this name everywhere but the the fans that were waiting were ready for mm. it. and when it came out the whole failure fan base just they rose up and went crazy for it. And, cool. And they they came back to a packed house when they went back on tour. Oh wow. And and I I've, I've watched some interviews with them and they're all very nice guys and they actually have somewhat of a connection to the KC scene. I can explain that a little later. Yeah. Um, but um, the yeah, the very nice guys, but they had they had talked about the how grateful they were to come back after all that time. Yeah. And have an audience of not just people who were around back when they started, but also a lot of young people who had just discovered them. Cool. Um, And they they were really thankful for, like, the generational coverage that they got. Yeah. Like, while they were away, people were listening.
0: Yeah. And and, so... it had an effect. Are you... I'm I'm assuming you're familiar with their other five Mm -hmm. and a a fan? Absolutely. Nice. Pretty much everything on this
1: list, I'm like through the discography, like, completely. completely, Okay, well,
0: I mean, it's very, very um, fascinating. Uh, We've sort of talked about your path and and these mm -hmm. foundational pieces, but you, like, in the, you know, if your story is nine chapters long, it's like chapter six and seven, I'm going, this is, like, the least musical musician I've ever met in my life, and then all of a sudden you just, like, turned it on and started that's it the sounds like consuming a lot and have sort of made you know elevate like you've caught up you know Absolutely. to where you should be uh, and, and,
1: and that's exactly actually verbatim what um my cousin scott told me he's he's like a really uh, he was married into the family but he's like uh, a huge musical friend of mine because we're pretty much always exchanging music Nice. and always talking And him and my brother played music together a little bit too. Um, but like, I'm always talking music with him. We even have this little tiny Facebook page where we share stuff to each other. It gets like three views on <laughs> the page, but it's still fun to just talk about sure. that stuff. Um, and he, uh, he had told me uh, at one point he was like, I have to admire your ability to have caught up and manage to like the things that me and your this is from his perspective the things that me and your brother are listening to like you know all about it mm. and like you're just here and it's like you always were wow and that was that was a really meaningful thing to me because like yeah I feel that yeah. I've um, used this
0: analogy a bunch of times but it's like uh you know pl- plugging into the matrix and uploading how to fly a helicopter (laughs) that's
1: such an awesome way to just consumed (laughs) 46
0: bands discographies in like four and a half seconds and And they're there i'll tell you all about them and that's
1: exactly why i couldn't tell you when that clicked i but i just at some point it was just like yes music all the way right yeah that was the thing and i don't know what year that happened
0: well i'm gonna guess when we started and you're like yeah i'm going to concerts but i'm not really paying attention and songs and blah 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 i'm not really listening i'm like what Are you? Are you meaning to say the words that are coming out? Because it doesn't sound like you're a dude in a band right now.
1: <laughs> I know it's happened really quick. Nice. Um, but, but yeah, um, back to that. Yeah, that, uh, that's um, it's the album has been with me ever since, and ever. Like I say, I say growing not because I disliked it, but I continue to find new things to enjoy. Mm. Like I, I, I think I remember kind of discarding this middle section for a little while. Yeah. Yep. Um. And I've um. And I couldn't really plant anything. I was like, I don't really re- remember. Is but the, a lot of that Nirvana stuff you're talking about happens like right in the middle there. Mm. And um, at the time I wasn't totally into it, but now it's cool. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing I'll I'll mention so i don't create a rabbit hole later is um strangely almost all of the albums that i have here i don't consider the group's best work
0: i i'm glad you said that most of these i don't like which is an, is it does that make them then the first you heard of that outfit is that what this was the first yeah right um and
1: i i just, it's an observation i'll like reconnect when we talk about yeah. more of these yeah. but it's it's that's an interesting thing that i've i've noted like it's not um, either i don't th- i'll either not think it's their best work or it's not my favorite from them but it is the one that made it happen sure you know? or the sure. one that or the one that yeah. affected me musically i mean and, you're not
0: yeah. you're not going to be uh you know, the best lover you could be with the person that you lose your virginity to. I mean, sure. you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> Absolutely. you gotta find your style and your yeah. skill yeah, yeah, yeah. and get some repetition in there. Yeah.
1: So like, although this was the introduction, yeah. that's awesome. I later came to find, I enjoyed some other things from them. A
0: little more. Well, they, you know, I, I mentioned that this, uh, albums packed and, and, and you mentioned like, you know, I was into this chunk here and avoided this, but I came back to it. It's one of my favorite things is to, uh, discover new favorite things about a body of work that you already knew Mm -hmm. and it's like oh i used to i used to really look forward to tracks you know two six seven and and twelve and and right now eight nine and ten are my favorites because i never gave them or just didn't click whatever the case may
1: be yeah absolutely one last thing on this one and then i'll let you loose here (laughs)
0: mm
1: -hmm. um but the the mention of the kc scene yeah 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 it's pretty loose but um, it's worth mentioning that um, I found out about shiner through failure. oh, um, because shiner often popped up as a comparative
2: oh funny um, band yeah
1: um, I'm not sure if shiner or failure have ever played together I, I have no idea, but um, come to find later on, I became a fan of shiner after figuring out and um, actually starless from shiner almost made the list. Oh, um, okay and um but uh, I know you had an episode with uh, their drummer, Kirkin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and but, anyways, he <laughs> early on we worked together for many years. Really, and, Very yeah, cool. yeah. And uh, he goes, um, I think I was talking about. I don't know why, but I was talking about squirting, and he goes, "Is this a, is this a sex podcast?" And I was like, "No, it's it's." I promise, it's not. And he's, like, <laughs> he's like, "Good," because I didn't wear my sex podcast T-shirt. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. But yeah, so um, I saw Shiner being compared to Failure a lot. There were a lot of Failure fans that were throwing around the name Shiner. Like, okay. It reminds me of Shiner. And nice. I was like, okay, cool. And listen to them, come to find they're from Kansas City. Yeah. And then I connect with Paul Malinowski, the bassist of Shiner. He is recorded a lot of the Major Matt stuff that's coming out. Um, Seriously? Yeah. So Major Matt Mason recorded our first uh, few songs at Massive Sound in uh, Shawnee, okay. where, where Paul's studio yeah. is. Um, and so that's where I met Paul, and that's where I... And then uh, Paul was re- recently had the opportunity to tour with Failure as their front-of-house mm. sound guy. Okay, So he did the, the, the sound and the mixing for that. Very cool. Um, and later on, I was invited by um, Paul to a watch party to watch... Um, they recently did a live movie... Um, failure did. really for their the tour that they just did they did a live movie for it and I went and saw it um, and it was awesome like but like, like a documentary um, of sorts they have a documentary coming about oh. their story but the live movie was more of like an hour of like live music from mm, the tour okay but like okay. professionally filmed and cool. recorded um, but yeah that's the loose connection there okay it's and you know that Paul from the KC scene yeah is. Working with Failure on tour, nice. Which, uh, I think is awesome and yeah. it's truly by just circumstance and chance right, that right. that I am just by a hair's linked to Failure, from right. Paul, yeah. just a tiny bit. But,
0: um, but yeah. Well, that one was from '96, and yep. uh, we jumped six years ahead to 2002. Um, I was very curious about this guy. Uh, oh, turn yeah. turn on the bright lights, Interpol. Um, so first it's their debut and they've got seven total, including one from last year. Uh, yeah. this one's 11 tracks, 48 minutes, another killer, uh, that untitled opening track. I was like, this is, you know, funny things happen when listening to music for the, but I'm like, I bet, I bet this is going to be like the star of the album. And then it blends like beautifully into track two. And I was like, Oh shit. This is also really yeah. good, uh, which is Obstacle. And then again, into NYC, I think you this yep. track mm-hmm. three. Um, lots to like about this record. I've, I've um, never listened to them before this. Uh, the one thing that stood out before I hit play was I feel like there's a, a passionate fan base almost akin to tool mm. you know you hear like tool fans are like you know like bananas about tool yeah and i i feel like i've heard a comparison for these guys and their fan base i don't know that's if that's a, right or... that's an
1: observation i have not heard but can absolutely see it um, they have a strong fan base, especially abroad um, Okay. in in the UK and especially South America. Oh my gosh. The Brazilians and Interpol wild. Really? Yeah. They wow. will. Interpol will play here at the Midland to a few, you know, a thousand or so people and then go down to Brazil and play to a hundred thousand. Okay. Want to. And wow. it's, it's just like, it's insane when they go out of country. It is a big deal when they're around here. It's cool, but it's. It's not Hmm. blowing off.
0: Well, um, there's something to be said about this sort of uh, three legged stool uh, that is this record. And it's like Mm -hmm. tone and an emotional pull towards the music that I can't describe any better than that. And then the production quality, like those three things working together. Like, I mean, I was borderland transfixed with this record and you're not going to sit there and tell me that this is not their best work or not your favorite of theirs. Is that true? Um, I don't think
1: it's their most cohesive. Okay. Okay. Um, I, it's hard for me to figure out what is their best. It's a tie between this one and their sophomore record okay Um, which is called antics okay um and it's a contrast like instead of the dark album cover it's a bright white Mm. album cover um but it was them quickly capitalizing on this record they um they're they're out of new york Mm. um and they produced this record in a closet in just a, a basement in somewhere in new york and That's, that's another thing that connected with me is like the sheer quality that came out of this record for, if you go watch, there's plenty of documentaries about this record and they're they're just like, they're shoulder to shoulder in this room, just like tapping away on their instruments and it looks miserable. It sounds miserable. And I think they were miserable. (laughs) They've, They've talked about that time of their life as not being very great, but sometimes that that hardship brings out the best
2: right. music in you,
1: right? You know? And so, and they were, they they grew in the New York scene, sort of at the at the very close to the helm of the indie slash garage rock revival re- movement that was the the Strokes
0: mm-hmm. were involved with mm-hmm. that,
1: the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, mm-hmm. um, all bands that they ended up playing with very often in New York,
0: like um, share, sharing a bill with. Okay, yes, okay. Um,
1: and, uh, yeah, Interpol even recorded a good chunk of their recent material um, in uh, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's recording space mm. in New York until they were kicked out by police. Why? Um, little fact, they were too loud. Oh, God. Because um, okay. that recording space was in an apartment complex, uh, which was quite poor placement for it. But... Mm, yeah, <laughs> But yeah. I th- maybe, you know, they they can t- be kind of loud sometimes, so maybe that's... But I don't know, yeah, it's... Um, It's mesmerizing. Yes, the the right word for it, and I love um, how you mentioned a pull of sorts. Yeah, because when my introduction was obstacle. um, Okay. And. Another one that was just recommended to me online. I just clicked on it. Algorithms
0: earning that pay.
1: A lot of this is going to be algorithm based. It's like, but I. I,
0: But you already said you had uh, when we were talking about a first album. You're like the first thing that was on my phone, which was right after you told me about having YouTube in high school. So (laughs) all this stuff is completely bananas to Um, me.
1: (laughs) But but yeah, so I I listened to Obstacle and the chords on the guitar. Immediately, I was like, hmm. Like, that's cool. That's uh-huh. I haven't heard uh-huh. that before. Um and then the vocals started and I was even more like Phew. uh and at first I didn't know if I liked it. Um uh that's the interesting part is at first I was like, the instrumentation is amazing, but the vocals are throwing me hard right now. I don't know if that's mm. like and it but but I I put the song down and I could not stop thinking about it. Mm. And it was that emotional pull that you mentioned that I was eventually lured into this album simply by like some of, some of that stuff was just in my head.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, there's sprinkled across the three, uh, Lord of the Rings movies. There's a situation where a character is like, you like looking at something or walking in the direction of some, or, you know, going to and It's like, don't do that. Don't do that. You're not supposed to do that. And you, they do it anyway. Like <laughs> it's sort of similar, like, I, I don't know. Um, but this was, uh, i was very pleased that you put this on your list because it had to make it. Yeah. It was a gut. And feeling. you know, I'm, I'm not sure if it'll happen tomorrow or next week, but I am uh, definitely going to give this one a, a revisit Great. and, and awesome. and I'll, I'll be curious to check elsewhere in their catalog too, because mm-hmm. it was, it was fun. Um, so, Eight days after this record comes out, your number three record comes out, which no is way. yeah, uh, "Songs for the Deaf," "Queens of the Stone Age." Oh hell yeah, um, so that's cool. It was um, let's see here, <laughs> eight night nine, August nineteenth of two thousand two for "Turn on the Bright Lights," and August twenty seventh yeah, of two thousand two for yeah. "Queens Didn't of the Stone Age," and um. I had this feeling when I got to this one um I mean I know they've come up but I was wrong the feeling I was having was I I think somebody had chosen this record mm-hmm. and that but I was uh I was wrong and I was thinking of um um Queens of stone roses Mm, mm -hmm. and that person had two stone roses records on their list and so i got to this and i was like i don't i don't know if anybody has actually had i can't remember i should if anybody's actually had a queen's the stone age album on their list Mm. which is surprising to me so but but i put it on um and uh 14 tracks 67 minutes another another long one um and it's the third of eight that they put out and the first one to feature Dave Grohl, which I don't th- think I like, I, I think I knew that he had been in their circle at some point, but it like as a fact kind of, you know, la- lasted in my brain for as long as a bird is sitting on a branch <laughs> and then flies away. Fair enough. So I was like, well, yeah, oh yeah, that does. And I mean, it's palpable. Like you, yeah. you hit go and it's like, it, Dang, okay. Um, so, um, let's see here. Uh, how'd you get turned on to these guys? And, and you do, I think you've already said that you know, uh, of all the artists on your list, you know their discographies pretty well. Mm-hmm. So what was your intro to these guys? And talk to me about not only this one, but some of their other stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I'm actually glad that's have you asked it cuz i was going to talk about other stuff <laughs> <laughs> um, but um the, but yeah so for this one it wasn't an algorithm thing um my dad I had already heard uh, No One Knows, um, mm. second uh, track. Only. Yes, of yeah. course. And is that... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah.
0: I was like, yeah, I know that too.
1: I'd heard it on the radio. I had heard it in a lot of video games growing up. Really? Um, yeah. It's in a shocking amount of racing games. Anything that involves driving, there's okay. a lot of Queens of the that Stone age going on. Yeah. This is definitely what I would call a driving album. Um, there's a lot of times where I could see someone getting a speeding ticket, uh, yeah. especially in that first half. It's Costly just brutal. One. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so my dad, um, had reminded me of them. I had heard No One Knows before, but I think I was digging into some similar music. I think maybe some Foo Fighters, some Dave Grohl related stuff. Sure. And, and he was like, oh, well, he's, he's in Queens of the Stone Age and he does drums for them. And I was like, Dave Grohl on drums. And now I come to find that's like his main thing. Like, um, but yeah, so I listened to No One Knows again. I was like, Cool. What else? Um, I was like, I've heard it already, right. and uh, I heard "Go with the Flow," mm. which I guess was my my jumping out of the box. Like it, it wasn't. No one knows. It mm. was a different song. Also, kind of a hit from them, but one that I hadn't heard yet, um, and I loved it. And you mentioned towards the beginning, first record that I was really invested in,
0: which I don't mean vinyl, right? You know, yeah, I, just I, first like album, album in general, and record are synonymous. Yeah, to me, it was this
1: one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, like,
0: I was listening to like just single songs
1: leading up to this thing, and then eventually, I was like, I really need to hear the big picture here. There's way, interesting that way you more had that
0: this. curiosity. Yeah. Um,
1: and uh, some
0: people could have been like, I've heard all the tracks, I'm going to move on. But I think there's some value in right. consuming it that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that this, I think, I'm pretty certain this was like the first thing I listened to front to back, and was just like. It, there was a gut feeling that this was about to be my favorite band, <laughs> and for many years, yes, like number one.
0: Um, s- similar thing. I mean, I broken record here, but I mean, like, uh, you don't meet, um, diehard fans of Queen of the Queens of the Stone Age every day, but when you do meet one, like they are, you know, devoted. Yes, regardless of yeah. comes out. yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh. Jumping off point and then
1: Yeah. So other works, um I think after this I immediately started hearing some stuff from the album after called Lullabies to Paralyze. Yeah. Um which uh that term Lullabies to Paralyze is mentioned in the hidden track, right ah, here. I don't okay, know if you okay. heard mosquito song I, when you I, listened I, to I, it. I did, yeah. Um, but one of the last lines is "lullabies to paralyze," mm. and I don't know if that was planned or if they were just right. like, "Hey, that was cool. Let's name the next right. album." Because that that phrase doesn't happen in the second album. So Rush it's interesting.
0: has um, d- did some funny things like that, yeah. where it's like, "This song is, um, you know, section six of chapter." 44 in a you know uh, a franchise that's got 12 installments yes. and also it's the title of a record we put out fi- 14 years later and it's like <laughs> wait what what happened there you know not yeah. particular I'm not speaking in factual right, details yeah. there but it's just
1: like where on the timeline are we yeah right now, exactly um but yeah and so I started listening to that second record it's pretty similar to this one okay. um Dave Grohl no longer on drums mm, um, it's mm. instead um uh, Joey Castillo. Okay. Um. And uh, this is probably the band I know the most about, like, historically okay. and lineup-wise. Like, I can tell you, like, all the... Th- that's
0: that's really the point uh, that I wanted to make about the fan base, because they've had some parts it's, come and go. It's been
1: taken apart and, re- and yeah. rearranged, yeah. And, but the, s-
0: the feel and the sound has always kind of been there, they though? They didn't
1: really lose a lot, yeah. And I, I just love their whole body of work. Um, after this, um, uh, Nick Oliveri, the bassist, um, was kicked out due to some drama. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Grohl left to refocus on Foo Fighters. Mm. This band was actually his escape from Foo Fighters when he was having hardships with them early on. Mm. Um, Surprise! To many people's shock, when Foo Fighters started, they didn't really get along.
0: I did. Um, yes, and, yeah, that's news and, to and, me. And
1: they all seem—they're all brothers now. They all mm. love each other. And but the when they started, it was, it was tough to put things together because there was a lot of people coming and going in and out of the band and Dave couldn't decide what he liked, or mm. what he, how he wanted it to sound. And it was tough cause he was, you know, he was coming out of Nirvana. He didn't know what to do, you know? And yeah. it's, it's a tricky thing. Like what am I going for now? I'm obviously not trying to be Nirvana too. Right. But you know, what can I do about this? But yes. Yeah, so, um, Dave Grohl went to focus on more Foo Fighter stuff after this record. And Josh Homme, the vocalist, um, and Mark Lanigan, um, who is in this picture right here, mm-hmm. who is... Uh, you hear him on vocals sometimes through this record. He's got the more grizzled mm-hmm, voice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He, and he sings some of the heavier stuff um, why
0: is his name familiar to me has he been in other stuff
1: he's a he's a songwriter as well um and he is on a lot of albums Nothing okay that i can name right at the moment, right but he also recently passed away
0: oh no shit
1: um and uh but yeah it was very sad like the whole queen of the stone age community was ripped up about it because he was he was a main songwriter like mm. josh Homme was a songwriter for a lot of this but he was like the arranger for a lot of this earlier stuff. Interesting. And so he had a huge hand in putting it together and creating that foundation that they have. And so um, after this, um, they brought on Joey Castillo for drums, or I think it's Joe Castillo, I forget the exact first name. Um, Nick Oliveri on bass was replaced by a multitude of people who just came in in and out of sessions. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of different bassists on that second album. Primarily, though, Troy Van Leeuwen, um, who is a guitarist. He's probably been in every band under the moon. Mm. Um, but, you know, he's just that kind of guy that people call and he does the session and, like, he's always around and he's always doing stuff. Troy Van Leeuwen's also a former member of Failure. Oh, wow. Um, and he uh, he played on... Um, uh, he toured with them on Fantastic Planet. Okay. Um, and uh, But, yeah, just a little connection there. And then, so, yeah, it was Troy Van Leeuwen on bass and then... Lineup flourished from there, and uh, nowadays it's pretty different. Again, Mm. Troy Van Leeuwen has stayed since then, since about 2004, 2006-ish. And now it's um, John Theodore on drums from the Mars Volta. Okay. Um, And then uh, Michael Schumann on bass, who's the youngest member. He's, like, in his 30s, Um, and he just got swept up you know they enjoyed him and so but yeah um so i shot off to that next album and then the next and then it it grew from there dave girl returned in, okay in 2013 to record a couple songs mm. after joey castillo left um so that's like one thing that happened but yeah yeah they released an album this year um is it any good it's solid nice it's very good
0: <laughs> um is it stuff that Lanigan record, recorded before his passing, or somebody else? Um,
1: Lanigan was not involved okay. with this recent album nor their 2017 album. Okay. So I okay. believe his last um, songwriting venture with them was 2013. I see. Um, which was an album called Light Clockwork.
0: Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm not particularly proud of what I'm about to say here, but. Um, Go for it there is almost an inherent, (coughs) excuse me, skepticism. If somebody gives me five records that I've never listened to before, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that uh, if I discover that I'm particularly fond of one of them, Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, that was a pleasant surprise. Um, But they can't all be amazing. Oh, sure. Right. Uh, Like everybody's, list of five or three or whatever, you know? Um, and so if I find something particularly enjoyable, you know, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a dog or two on the rest of the list. Mm -hmm. So, um, we started in 96 and we leapt forward and hung out in 2002 for two records. And now another six year leap, uh, to 2008 and station, Russian circles, and uh, so we're three for three mm-hmm. in pleasant surprises, and I was like, "This is this must be where, you know, this stuff's not quite as good as the rest of it," and I was wrong.
1: So okay, so your point is, is is it it's good yeah, like across the board? You enjoyed,
0: yeah, um, cool. and you know that's. Uh, um, there's some kind of uh, insecurity or or shame in in not, like there's awesome bands and awesome records out there that I didn't know about, you know? (laughs) It it took somebody else sharing music, like, you know. Um, So interesting, uh, this is two of eight, six tracks, 43 minutes, and back to our little genre thing, post-metal. Yeah. Um. And I was like, "What? What does that even mean? What are we talking? It's not metal. I mean, like you know, uh, uh, Metallica and Sabbath and Iron Maiden. No, it's not. And like, I don't know that it's important to distinguish that. Yet here we are (laughs) distinguishing it. Sure. Um. But um, name taken from uh, an ice hockey drill. I'm so glad. uh, I'm so glad you brought that. Which, uh, I mean. I play hockey every Wednesday out. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Um, and so I'm like, yeah. So props, I'm, props before I hit play. Yeah. Uh, and then I hit play, and I was like, I like this a lot. Like, mm-hmm. but how? How did you discover
1: these guys? Curveball, right? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, I I have to appreciate the Russian circles, um, understanding that term, um, just because it, it's. It's cool that uh, yeah. you know what that means, but it's also, it's a part of their backstory, the drummer and the guitarist, Dave Turncrantz and Michael Sullivan. Uh, used St. To Louis be, roots, um, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, they used to be on a hockey team together. Okay, nice. Um, so that's where they, they put the name together. Um, but uh, this came around. It's... A semi-algorithmic discovery. Okay. I guess. so I say that because um, my dad and I were both um, were fresh out of uh, some Via Luna shows, my brother's band, mm. and we were listening um, to a lot of math rock music. Um, <laughs> so th- some some other bands that fall under that umbrella. Um, I don't know. There's, it's all, like, very weird names. There's, like... There's but a it's
0: it's basically yeah. prog rock, right? Yeah, it's, it's like... sort it's of like, time signature stuff. Yeah, and... I,
1: I like to describe it a lot of tapping. Like, imagine, like, that really textural yeah. sound yeah. on the guitar. It's a lot of that, and it's okay. a lot of crazy drums. Um, and so, uh, bands, like... There's a band called L-1011. Mm. There's a band called Feed Me Jack. <laughs>
2: there's,
1: <laughs> a, um, there's a band called Junior Clooney, and a band called El Gra- um, Le Grand, both of which... Uh, my brother's band has played with, Mm. but we were really into these bands and come to find there is actually a, um, a link or a a sonic link from math rock into post rock, which is very vague term. Um, and post rock is like math rock, but slowed down a little bit more abstract and more of a soundtrack y kind of feel. Interesting. So it's um, a good example of a band that pioneered that genre would be um, Explosions in the Sky. Okay. Um, who I saw in St. Louis. Um, they started in um, the 90s. Okay. Um, but this v- very textural guitar work, um, very building, very proggy sort of like we're talking long songs, we're talking a huge payoff. Like yeah. and similar to kind of what you hear uh, for some of these songs. I mean, again, I,
0: uh, with the consistency on so many different levels, Campaign is the opener, and I was like, that was fucking amazing. Beautiful song. And then, yeah. I, you know, Harper Lewis, great title, and then I was like, oh, this is, and that's track two, I believe, and it's like, oh, this one's good, and I just quit making notes. <laughs> I was like... I just need to hear it now. Dude. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm always hearing it, yeah. but it's like, uh, you know... You, I think put yourself in a spot where it's like, I want to find some strong talking points. And then it's just like, I the whole thing is uh, working. Yeah. I mean, um, and so just a very, very pleasant surprise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so the, um, yeah, eventually we, we started listening to like just math rock playlists, Mm. whether it's on, Spotify or Pandora or YouTube and stuff and just like shuffles, like radios. that are mm-hmm, just shuffling mm-hmm. these songs out. And eventually it just started getting like s- some post-rock songs got dropped in there, some slower tracks. Um, and then post-metal sort of builds itself off of post-rock.
2: So
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: like heavier post-rock. You know? Yeah. And so eventually they came <clears throat> For the through. record,
0: uh, I, st- I studied um, psychology mm-hmm. in college and was like what am I going to minor in? Is it going to be Spanish? Is it going to be literature? Is it going to be communication, English community? And um, I ended up minoring in American literature. And so it's like, you know, we work, yeah, I don't don't know where it's, Beowulf is where it's, you know, writing begins. and, And then you work all the way up through, you know, the 1800s and you finally get to some, Thing that's you know relatively recent and and it's you know world war one and it's modernism and then by the time it's world war two it's postmodernism and I was like I oh. I don't yeah. I don't understand what's happening. Like what you know uh and you know modernism you know like World War One was the first time planes were involved in war I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so like, it, it makes sense. It's modern and now we're beyond modern, Yeah, you know? So, but it's still sort of like, I'm, I'm always checking like, you know, a compass in a map to be like, well, how did we get to that post? Okay, cool. But, <laughs>
1: yeah. it's a, it's a great, that's a awesome like anecdote on a similar mm-hmm, area mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like the board post gets sort of inserted and... But yeah, so we heard this came along the shuffle at some point. Okay, it was probably Harper Lewis. That's their hit. Okay, um, and um, who
0: is uh, is that? Is that To Kill a Mockingbird's author? I think so. I think so. I, um, think so. I believe so. Uh, but I love when uh, you know, um, again, track listing, track sequence. I love when uh, a track title is is a known person's name mm-hmm. or a non known person's name like Alice or whatever. She was the, whoever she was in my yeah. life or if it's, you know, funny or, or, or uh, unique. Uh, so anyway, mm-hmm. um, so you and your dad are seeing your brother play and, uh, shortly thereafter this gets dropped in your lap am i recounting that correctly pretty much yeah wow. we,
1: we had been listening to the the related genres okay. just at home okay. and in the car and stuff yeah and this came around and i vividly remember you know hearing one of their songs um it's either in the car or like in the garage sure on, on that same song that would make the
0: sensitive guy that i am that would make them uh, or that song or that record or all the mm-hmm. above special to me yes if i just yeah, yeah. saw my brother's band play a show with my dad and oh <laughs> anyway. yeah yeah well um, i thought you you said curveball um <laughs> I, I was um uh i had eyed your last release as what looked like You know, if we're getting Scoob and the gang in here to solve this mystery of what looked like the curveball. And I don't know if I was right or wrong. Sure. Um, But it's a 10-year leap from uh, Station in 08 to No No Trail and Other Unholy Paths, which is a really sexy album name. Yeah. J Jail. Am I saying that right? Yes. Okay. Um, So this is the third listing, if you go to the bottom of his Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. I don't love that Bandcamp appears to not allow one to categorize singles versus LPs versus EPs. It's all just kind of up there in, I guess, whatever order. You... So, anyway, th- this looks like the third thing that he put on his Bandcamp page. So, I don't know okay. if that means it's his third album or.
1: It was, I want to say it's. Probably his second official studio. Okay. Race. Okay. Um, he has a lot of demo albums sure. on Bandcamp that may sort of come out in between there. Yeah. Um. One. one Tiny note about station. Yes, I didn't mean to abruptly exit from it. Totally fine. It was one thing I wanted to include in there is like uh, Russian circles were. I mean, technically via Luna was, but Russian circles were my first like major hook into entirely instrumental music.
0: Okay. Okay. um,
1: Which became a huge part of my listening habits afterwards. Sure. And for a time, I almost didn't even listen to things with voices. Right. um, Because I had gotten really sucked into instrumental storytelling. And seeing what, mm. seeing what an artist can do with simply their tools, yes, and not their voice. That's very,
0: very uh, studious, you know, mu- musically of you to do. I mean, I, I love love the idea of kind of going so far down that that when you come back up, you're like, what's, what's this person singing for?" I'm trying to, you know, get <laughs> get these words out of here. I'm trying to. A, a member of I'm Russian joking, circles
1: but... said something similar. Oh, in funny! An interview. <laughs> yeah, t- he was like, "That's kind of like why they do what they do," and. You know, they want to sort of create a, a a time and a place with their music. You know, and sort of the you may have noticed on that record that a lot of songs sort of bled into each other. Yes, like there was a lot of like um, seamless transitions. Yeah, and on. I
0: think there's uh, a pair of songs that back to back are like eight forty three run yep. runtime. Mm. You know, when I was writing that down, I immediately'm I'm like, wait a minute, that was the runtime of the previous song, and I look, I'm like, wow. They are actually both 843.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just the note there. Is like sure. That, that sort of sprung me into another listening...
0: Uh, well, this um, made us, I believe, five for five for kick-ass openers. Because the way this record starts is phenomenal. Cool. Uh, who the heck is this guy? To, I mean, to, give me give it's, me what you got.
1: It's probably the smallest artist out of the five that I've chosen right. here. Um, JJL is the... Is the stage name of Evan Patterson um and he okay. he is a uh, songwriter out of uh, Louisville mm-hmm. um uh and he um he just he does this this whatever whatever <laughs> you describe it as um <laughs> it's really uh, I I've seen um this this music here described on reviews and on Spotify as doom folk
0: Okay, so, uh, Um, you know, for for all of of the energy that we've given the idea of genre and and sort of, if you're a a music lover and somebody that wants to always be learning and, and, uh, you know, like... It's sort of important to n- to keep up with genre, uh, new genres unfolding, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it's also a little bit laughable. Right. And so then I get here and I'm like, I, I need a word. Like, give me a word <laughs> for what this is. I don't know where to put it. You know what I mean? Uh, which is fine. Sure, like, I don't absolutely. actually need. It's actually. But, but yeah. Like, whatever this is. Yeah.
1: It actually could be. A, uh, it's a compliment to the music where you can't be like, I don't know what this is. Mm-hmm, actually, mm-hmm. Is this folk? Yeah. Um but yeah, so story behind my discovery. Yes. This is this is the only band out of the five that I discovered live first. Okay I d- how? I did not hear them online or anything. I saw them opening for Russian circles.
0: Oh wow. What a, what <laughs> yeah, an odd right. That's the that's the curveball to your curveball. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um exactly. Um so I saw that it was at um Delmar Hall, Saint Louis. Okay. Um and I came in, they weren't on the bill. Oh. Um, it was actually Wind Hand and Russian Circles, and Windhand is a heavier band, kind mm. of like Russian Circles, more sort of like, uh, you know, to add to our list of genres, sort right. of sludge metal. Okay. Kind of Ooh. Um, but, um, so yeah, you got to
0: wear a poncho to listen to that one. Get, <laughs> right. get some of it on you.
1: <laughs> um, but I, I thought it was just going to be them two, and I was looking forward to it. Um, but no, these guys were up on stage way before the start time. Like okay. The show starts at, let's say, I don't remember specifically, but the show starts at 7. They're playing at 6.45. Mm. And I don't know who these guys are. There's about five of them up there. Okay. And they're all in these dirty black suits and boots. And there's no lights. There's no, like, fancy stage lights. All It's all just lanterns and little, like, lamps, like, on the floor. And all you see is just the light coming up and illuminating their faces very slightly.
0: Sounds like, uh, did you ever see the Alice in Chains unplugged? Yeah. Um, Uh The way that felt like. Yeah. Okay, cool.
1: Unplugged. Um, And they're in there. And I go in there mid-song. I don't know what song's playing when I get in there, but it's probably something from this, because uh-huh. this was this was around the time this record came out. Yeah, and they were playing it, I think, in its entirety, because they they want you to digest that as like a full story. Sure. Um, but it was these guys, and it was it was who I didn't know at the time was Evan up front, and he had, um, you know, he had a guitar he's huge he's like six foot Mm. eight or something he's up there and he's like towering over the audience he's got this giant guitar and he's like just like those vocals he has I don't know how how you describe them but he's singing that way you know Mm. and it's and the the bassist back there is like lost in it and just like like totally transfixed on rhythm and there's two drummers one Mm. of them who's on like auxiliary percussion he's got like a tambourine and like this um, not sure what it was but it was it was a bongo type drum mm-hmm. and it was very um, large and he was like sort of patting on it and tambourining and, and there was a guy on a little keyboard back there noodling around but they were all completely into it and invested and there was this immediate like pull mm. and I just like could not take my eyes away mm. it was this really weird live experience where they had entranced me yeah and i'm sitting there and i'm listening to his stories i'm listening to him sort of talk sing you know like yeah he's he's talking through something but he's musically working his way through it and that's i don't know that's that's really it i'm just like there and i'm like
0: how hey, yeah. did you put a pin in who they were for when you left that venue and returned to your normal life? I had
1: life? to do my research um because they didn't announce themselves um at the end they he, seriously, yeah, the last song he was like, this one's called Cemetery Rain," and they played it, which is on this right, yes, now, and they ended it, and he's like, "Thank you, I'm gone leave um and um i had to I had to like look at. I had to take to the forums and take to the set list FM and that stuff and like find, like what happened at Delmar Hall, who was there, you know? That Cause, is because people really appealing. Stuff. Yeah, people, uh, people like keep track of that stuff and yeah. I'm like who was the unknown opener at Delmar Hall? I need to figure out who these men were in black I need, suits. I need like, six
0: bucks back because I got I, I got ripped off <laughs> right? part of part of the opener. I was
1: so sad that I didn't see the full set. Right, I saw probably three or four songs, um, and which was enough, but. Have um, you
0: found? Did you look to see if there was and, a recording?
1: Um, uh, I have, couldn't find anything okay. from that particular show. Yeah. Um, but eventually, I stumbled across the name. Like it, you know, it was JJL. Like they were, they were added onto the bill last minute because they were in town, because um, they had just got done with a tour prior. Um, and they're good friends of Russian Circles. They're under the same record label. Cool. Um, and so they were connected that way. And I think Russian Circles were like, "We have some time here. You do you guys want to hop on? You're already here. You've got your gear." It was like an impromptu like thing. They got the venue to approve that apparently. Wow. Uh, and I that's that's just what I hear. I have no idea. They could have been on the bill way earlier and people are just like making it sound cooler. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um but uh yeah. So i listened to this afterwards and it it really didn't seem like something I'd be into. Like I mm. I was transfixed by that live set, but I also couldn't tell if I liked it. Mm. It was weird. I was yeah. like, I was like, that was insane and i've never seen anything like it but
0: well for I, for I, me I looking tell. at you know your list of five like i don't know a, i don't know what they're gonna be i don't know what any of this is gonna be i mean <laughs> queens of the stone age you know uh sure uh I have an idea but um having listened to it now i mean i would say it stands out as uh the one the one record that's different more different than the other than the other four mm-hmm. if that makes sense I have seen um, that. Yeah. but a uh, lot to like about it um mm-hmm. uh even that story the all the mystery is kind of like i you know I, I like that a lot, and we need not necessarily more people or artists like that, but definitely uh, you know we need to turn the collective volume down on like. Where's my notoriety? You know, where? Where's when's my break? What well, me, me, me? Like, sure, yeah. A little bit of that goes a long way in my book. Oh yeah. As far as he, people and human behavior goes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Um.
1: I um. I also, I'm pretty sure I have these all on vinyl. Nice. Well. Okay. Um, so I've. I'm like I am completing my. The important collection. There you go. For sure.
0: Um. um you had a couple honorable mentions. Uh, "Wonder What's Next" by Chevelle from two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been a there's a dude on here that had a Chevelle record who I they that I knew the name, um, but they they are a, a, not a small sound, uh, big energy, mm-hmm. um, no shortage of intensity. Um, yeah. So yeah, tell me tell me about "Wonder What's Next."
1: So that. Just very nearly made this list. It almost went in place of JJ.
0: Oh, dang. Um, I'm glad you did it the way you did it.
1: And and it didn't because J.J.L. was one of the first um, records that really inspired me to create by myself. Um, cool. Or, or, or with other people. It doesn't have to be sure. exclusively solo. But there was something about the intimacy of their show. And the simplicity of it, Mm -hmm. the hypnotism Mm -hmm. and like how it was, they could drone an A for three minutes straight (laughs) and just tell me something and I will be there to hear it. Wow. And that's what made me realize that it's, you know, that was another thing that showed me restraint.
0: Oh yeah, of course. And I
1: was just like, it's...
0: Way to bring that full circle. That's good
1: stuff. It's just, it's not always about... Can I fit this whole scale into my song? Right. What it's what can I tell with this song, with as little input as possible, right. to just get it across? You know, and I get the, a lot of that from this album. It's a storytelling album for sure, and so, um, but yeah. So with Chevelle. Mm-hmm. Um, almost ended up in that place it just because it's up there with turn on the bright lights and songs mm. for the deaf mm. as as like um, as sculptors in my sound like I feel that they many pretty much all five of these albums I looked at as um, textbooks for my foundation as a musician cool um, and so that's a similar thing where that record I the Chafel discography I'm first all into it yeah Yeah. and um and they simply haven't released an album that has failed me okay and it's um and it goes for a good great deal of these bands yeah um, but it's just their consistency is unbelievable it does i mean one thing that does help is they were signed to a a very lengthy record deal that that obligated them to consistency Mm. Um, which they are now free of cool, um, and have a new record coming soon independently mm. away from the record label. But it still sounds, they've given some teasers mm-hmm. on social media and it sounds the same oh, <laughs> as cool. they've always done. So maybe They'll it's just what they, they do. They'll continue to not fail with, you. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just c- a consistent band uh, that I'm, I hope to see live again in September. Nice. i seeing Queens of the Stone Age and Chevelle back to oh. back. Oh, cool. At Starlight in September. Ooh. Yeah. Um, two different days yeah, yeah, right next yeah. to each other. Okay. It'll be fun. Um, and so, but yeah, that, that album was, uh, sort of forged my love for heavier music. Mm. Um, it's, it reinforced my love for bands like tool and a perfect circle and okay. stuff like that. Um, and uh, I discovered th- a song from that album in particular as early as middle school when mm. I heard The Red the first time.
0: Okay, um, yeah, which yeah, is yeah.
1: their hit, I yeah. think. Uh-huh. Um, a friend showed me that song, and I really enjoyed it. Didn't cool. Didn't actually figure out the album it was from
0: right. until way later. Right, right. Um, but. Well, then you uh, see so you've gone and done all this and then you pull the rug out on us completely and shoot us back to 1969 within the court strange. of yeah. the Crimson King, King Crimson, who um, is just, I mean, they've always been right there. Like in the, the music circles that I have been in and out, they're always just right there. And I've just never gone just over. Yeah, is, 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 is Robert Fripp, is he part of King Crimson? Yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy, okay.
1: That's like, he's the only guy who's been there. Okay, okay.
0: (laughs) Um, But, you know, a a lot of folks, uh, music fans and musicians alike, um, I think are are quick to say, what you just said, he's the guy. Like, check him out. I just haven't done it. How in the world did you, at 22 years of age, uh, how is this in your honorable, honorable mentions? Is this a dad? or
1: they I've I'd heard their name a lot mm-hmm. um and I happen to have learned one of their I have, I was assigned one of their songs when I was a student at School of Rock
0: Sounds like a um, great teacher must um, have assigned that to you
1: Yes um it was a song called Three of a Perfect Pair um okay. from one of their 80s records they mm. released three Albums that were sonically and visually connected in the '80s. I love that. It was like a trilogy. Nice. um, With the same (coughs) the same lineup, and they've had like ten
2: lineups. Mm -hmm, It's crazy.
1: mm -hmm. Um, But same lineup. uh, It's what some consider their their hop onto the new wave train because they they took a lot of those sounds, sort of the synthiness and the chorusiness of of the new wave sound, and applied it to their sort of Mm. prog Mm. rock
2: yeah thing.
1: Um, But anyways, I. Learned that song from them, so that's where I learned of their name. Right, that three of a perfect pair song, a crazy difficult song on bass. I bet a huge learning curve for me, and I ended up finally playing it live with School of Rock later on. And like, um the name was just in my head after that. Okay, and eventually they relate, they put all of their music out on streaming services, which is a newer development, Mm. um, similar to Tool. Tool and King Crimson both w- around the same time decided, "Hey, maybe it's time to get into the internet." Right. Um and cuz not cuz they were missing out cuz they're all millionaires already, you know, right. but they they are sort of losing a certain demographic. Yeah. Um you know, and so
0: and that's like, you know, you talked about uh, whoever it was um that came back and were pleased to know that folks that stuck around in there and there were new folks oh yeah, yeah, yeah. to the mix i definitely. forget i forget who Failure. Yeah, fail, yeah. okay yeah um but yeah you got exact you, same you definitely yeah. subject yourself to missing a generation or two if you just no we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna yeah. you know what i mean
1: yeah and both of those bands you know they were very much of the belief um of if you want us if you want to hear us you see us live or mm. buy our mm-hmm. records. that's right simply how it is yeah um and, which i can't I can't fault them no. for that. Right? No. Um, and, and so, um, but yeah. And so they added their stuff, the whole catalog um, to, uh, to streaming, to Spotify, YouTube, etc. Cool. And I think that's where I was like, let's see what this is all about. It's a little bit easier for me to access, access them now. Um, and I listened through that first record in the court um, and, you know, older than a lot of the music I was listening to, obviously, um, but I sat there and like listened through the whole thing, and I'm just like, Jesus, wow. And I was like, this has every single piece, everything that I've already heard in today's music is here, and it started here. Huh. It was me finding the what do you call it ancestry the ancestry or the um the the
0: storyline knocks
1: the center of like the sounds that we know today okay because king crimson were coming were getting popular around the woodstock era mm-hmm. a very strange time for them to be coming about it mm-hmm. because you know a lot of the woodstock artists were very much like feel it you know right and, and like just be one with it right and it was very like it was very jammy. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing. It's just King Crimson weren't that. Right. Um, they were very calculated. They were composers. Mm-hmm. They went into the studio with the image and they created very meticulously until it was finished. Hmm. Um, and with this record, in toolesque uh, Yes, one could very argue very much so. Um, similar mindsets and the idea that it's not out until it's perfect. Right. Um, right. And it's done when it's done. If it's if we don't finish it, then you simply won't hear it. That's how (laughs) it is. Um, And and with them, I just I heard so many like the what what stuck out to me right away was the bass playing, the percussion, the drums, Mm. and what what sound to be strings um, like orchestra. Mm. But it's actually a mellotron,
0: mm. um,
1: which King Crimson had popularized the use of the mellotron, right? Um, and they had they had brought this. They couldn't afford a full on orchestra. <laughs> um, they had a few horn players that they mixed in there. There's a you hear a flute solo and uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, and but they, they couldn't afford a full on um, sure. concerto. And and they were they were like, okay, um, there's this new technology. It's Very expensive, but it creates those sounds for you, and it's in the form factor of a piano,
2: mm, right? And so,
1: they brought that in and they experimented with it. And they that's what that's one of the identifying factors of that album is the very Mellotron forward,
0: okay? Production. Interesting,
1: those sort of semi fake strings you hear in there. Like, you can tell it's either just a really low quality mic or totally synthesized. Uh-huh. You know, that's the immediate thought I had, okay? And I was like, that's. I don't believe that's a real string section. I feel like it would be more up front. Right. Um, and it's not. Um, huh. And so, but the... the um, I'm forgetting a lot of the lineup at that time because they've changed so much, but... Um, their bassist was also their vocalist. at the time. Oh, and, interesting! And it was uh, impressive to me, just the the playing and the singing at the same time. Absurd to me. I it's mean, a different back to Rush,
0: different style. I absurd. mean, absurd. Yeah. I th- I think uh, any person that can sing while playing an instrument is that you know just you're cut from a different cloth. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, ish, and should be applauded. You know, because yeah. uh, uh, you know. It's they're they're definitely two skill sets, uh and to sort of carry them both at the same time is yeah. Not 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 everybody can do that. Yeah. So okay, totally agree. But- great list. I loved uh your five and your honorable mentions. Thank um you. got a few uh goofy ones to wrap up with. Um and uh Chowk, C H O W K, mm-hmm. Jason Bice, Dane Bridges.
1: Zach hodson Zach hodson mm-hmm.
0: instagram uh is he, uh, jason has a band camp but Chalk does not yet Chowk does no does? i believe does. it okay. should
1: be it should be in the link tree on the okay. instagram okay page.
0: perfect link tree on the instagram page excellent um appreciate you being here appreciate the time this has been very fun thank you um thanks for having me yeah of course these are uh uh, I've, I've never asked a 22 year old these questions before, so who knows they, they might fall flat on their face, but if you could, if you're given the gift to visit your past self mm-hmm. at any age, your choice, what age are you choosing? And uh, what are you saying? Um,
1: that's huge. <laughs> um, I think uh, it would be around. I want to say the range of like sixteen to eighteen. Okay. Um, when I was really, really stressed about not only school but relationship troubles mm. and a sort of a handful of hardships hitting all at once. Um. And what would I say to myself about that? If, if
0: you're saying anything, what yeah. would it be?
1: Um, I guess simply put, it's just gonna be okay, right? I mean, like it's a, I, I guess that's very simple, but it it all just feels so terrible in the moment, mm. you know. And it's, I would in that time, I was I was just so you know. Blinded by a lot of the stuff going on, that I could have never imagined things going well. Like, mm, you know, I hear you. And like, I would have never even imagined me succeeding at an instrument so, <laughs> that wasn't even in the picture right, until twenty nineteen. Right? Like 2019. right. <laughs> wow. Right? Which, yeah. And so, I guess just simply, it's gonna be okay, and it's um, it's really not as bad
0: right as it seems. Yeah. Uh, complete this one for me if you would please the world would become an immediately better place in which to live if only
1: if only people could listen a little more
0: I love it perfect uh, you get the opportunity to have lunch with anyone dead or alive who are you choosing and why hmm.
1: That's a tie between, and you know, it could be a, it could be a, it could turn into a don't meet your heroes kind of situation. Right. I have no idea, but either Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age, or Ken Andrews from Failure. Okay. The vocalist of Failure. Um, probably more likely Ken. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> this it doesn't count at all, but I bumped into him. Oh, nice. Before the show. Okay. Um, and Lawrence, um, and. I don't know. He 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 also has a YouTube channel. Okay. Um, where he he talks about. He's also a producer. He does studio stuff as well, um, and he produces a multitude of bands. But he does videos where he breaks down his techniques. And he shows you like live, Hmm. like the live mixing process. And he's like, here's what I did for this band. And here's how I get the distortion tone for that guitar. Here's the program I'm using. Here's all the little dials that I flipped and stuff. What are all those knobs doing? Thank God. There's so many of them. I know, right? It's ridiculous. Um, And, but it was, um, I think through his videos, how much I've heard him talk and stuff. Like he just seems like someone that I could resonate with. Shoot the shit with. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. This seems fun.
0: You uh, wake up tomorrow to discover that you have inherited $85 million. What's your first move? <clears throat> Assuming you're not already just bathing in millions <laughs> of dollars.
1: Um, I, uh, uh... I
2: don't know.
0: Okay. I I probably a good thing. Think about it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs>
1: so. I I immediately jumped to like, you know, it would it would be, you know, really easy for me to get my own place and like just be entirely independent, right. you know. Um at the same time though, I would say, you know, help my family with anything they need, but they are very much well off. Okay. Um, and so, if they do anything, I'm there. Sure. Um, cool. But it's not it's not a situation where they um, they're not in
0: dire need. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Which I'm thankful for. Yeah. We we're very strong. Um, true or false? It is okay to wear a t-shirt of the band whose concert you're attending tonight.
1: Oh, like like wearing. Like if I'm attending a failure show, I'm wearing a failure shirt. That's fine.
0: That's fine? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, Dane Bridges, uh, the 22-year-old Dane Bridges, uh, playing bass in Chowk, C-H-O-W-K. Um, so there is a Chowk uh, band camp now and uh there's an instagram page mm-hmm. you can check out it's ch- underscore band perhaps mm-hmm. i believe band is in the handle somewhere yeah um if i may shout
1: out something. yes please. please i was just about to say um, anything else you want to shout out um so uh chowk definitely as you've already said um major matt mason usa yes um you can find that on Instagram and Facebook as well. You're still um, a part of that mix. Still with them, yes. And
0: that, like, um, everybody's cool with, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the, still with them. And then uh, two, uh, two projects I did not get to talk about. Oh, boy. Um, I uh, have been, the longest band I've been in is a band called Grindstone, which oh. um, formed, um, it's a step that I skipped between around the aging out of School of Rock. I joined with them former school of rock students okay way. um but that um we're uh we mainly do covers right now okay um, we get hired by local venues to do shows um, and usually bars restaurants sure parties stuff yeah. like that um grindstone dot band slash grindstone underscore band whichever one works <laughs> um, it's gonna be one Just or the put other. grindstone
0: in the search you'll find you it know. you'll
1: definitely find it um and, uh, but we're working on original material slowly. Maybe okay, cool. To and then I've just recently started collaborating with um, Brian Hurtgens, the drummer of Major Matt Mason's okay. other project oh. called Holiday at Sea. Um, Holiday at Sea. Holiday at Sea. And they've been doing their thing um, for a few years now before me, but I've stepped in on base stuff. I have no idea if it's a permanent venture, sure. um, but it is fun. And we. it's
0: have... so cool that you're like open and willing to try all these different things. I think that, uh, only leads you in, in good places. And, and, and one of those places is not going to be regret for, oh, for not absolutely. giving stuff a shot when yeah. it's presented to you. So
1: and it's only worked out and in, in positive measures. Like cool. it's, it's all just, but yeah, so, um, I think that's pretty much it. No bookings for Major Matt right now. Um, keep an eye out. Um, Chowk has a show, um, multiple shows coming up in September and October. Okay. Um, we will be... Do you mind if No, I please do. Here? Please do. I was going to um, ask. Because I'm having trouble with the dates. Yeah. Um, Chowk is going to be uh, at Skate Bar. Um, hey,
0: September 9th. That's right. I did see Jason post um, that. I believe.
1: And then we will be at a Velo Garage in North Kansas City, um, Friday, September twenty second.
0: Not familiar with that one. Um, Are you?
1: I've played there quite a bit. Okay. Um, it's a nice spot in North Kansas City. Good. It's a bike shop slash bar slash music venue. So it's okay. a Multi-purpose yeah. of sorts, but it's just like
0: skate bar. Yeah. Only yeah. with...
1: I've, bikes yes absolutely very similar i've discovered tons of awesome bands at that place but those are the two main ones coming up um and then uh, i also have a sh- my first appearance with holiday at sea is coming up here august 4th friday at the oh wow Garage as
0: that's well. it, that'll be here in a hot second mm-hmm. i mean very cool man you're a busy busy fella um it's uh very cool that you're uh you know sort of wearing all these different hats and trying stuff out and staying busy. I mean, it's, yeah. it's productive, it's healthy. It's um, and I appreciate, uh, a, a not busy person giving a uh, being giving of their time. <laughs> so when it is a busy person and they still are giving of their time, I feel, uh, even, you know, uh, even more honored, not even more pleased really appreciate you being here. Um, we might need to circle back at some date in the future. Oh sure. If yeah. all of these things that you're trying out develop lives of their own and stuff's coming out, or you're you want to, one day you got you know five other records you want to talk about, I'd love to have you back. Yeah. So can uh, go on,
1: go, go on about that for a while right. if you want to. But yeah. The it was it was really great. But you, thanks for reaching out. For, of course. Uh, and doing this because i mean it, it is my favorite thing to talk about um i you know uh, I, I briefly hosted m- my own like tiny little podcast oh really talk about records and nice it's was, it was just the thing i did during the pandemic yeah I was bored um but that was a fun thing i might pick it up sometime um cool but yeah thanks so much
0: appreciate you man you. talk to you soon you.